Welcome, everybody, back to the Game Ball Podcast. I am your host, Mark, and we're back. Uh, just the three of us again. Nobody in Sick Gang Gang um, this week. Um, so looking forward to this. I am very excited for the What We've Been Playing section, as I told them off the podcast. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a fun little bit coming up, um, you know, with the uh, – I just realized that um, got a couple big games coming up in the next month, um, RE4 remakes coming, you know, and then, um, uh, for those of you out there that got it, uh, I just realized that PSVR 2 came out this week, so, you know, the Q1, uh, video game thing is not as dry as it used to be, <laughs> but, um, without further ado, um, what have you guys been playing? Uh, we'll start with Jen. Hello, um, so mostly the usual things for me. Dead by Daylight, um, and there is a little bit of newness here. They came out with um, a new killer on the player test build. So her nickname is the Skull Merchant. And from the teaser trailer that everyone got a few weeks before she dropped, it appeared like we were going to get the Terminator uh, or something very similar um, because they were showing a lot of like robotic parts and like a robotic looking skull. So everyone was really amped for it. And then um, the Skull Merchant dropped and she is kind of like a mercenary scrapper. She has like half a mask and it kind of looks like it's either made out of rhinestone or like dragon scaling type metal material. Okay. And she has like a blade on one arm and it, it, it's like a robotic attachment onto her arm. It's not like her arm is a robotic arm. Um, it, it sounds like it. T-1000 ripoff. It does. Um, and she also has this little floating drone and a GPS, um, like a handheld. And you could scan for the survivors if they're in the area where your drones are surf uh, searching. And it's, for me personally, my play style, it's way too complicated because there's so much to worry about while you're playing as her. And there are some other people out there who are absolutely going to annihilate as her, and, and I'm happy for them, but she is not most likely going to be a killer that I will be playing in the game. Um, but her, uh, sh I don't know what they're doing. I think they just announced that they're going to be making some changes with her due to the feedback from the player test build. But um, some people are now assuming that they may have had a deal with Predator. And that fell through because her little drone thing kind of, uh, kind of scans a similar way that the Predator would and, just, just oh, some God. of her mannerisms and her technology seems very predator-like. Um, and there are two new survivors, a boy and a girl. So people are thinking it was supposed to be a prey tra a, a prey chapter. If you guys have seen the Predator Prey movie, the um, and they look like they could have been the brother and sister um, from the movie. So people are kind of conspir uh, conspirizing or whatever the word is that that's what it was going to be. And then they changed it at the last minute. But either way, it was interesting. Um, I think the way that you could use drones to kind of block off areas of the map, um, it may be a little bit worse to go up against her than it currently is to go up against the knight who uses his summons to kind of um, area camp hooks and stuff like that. Because with her drones used correctly, she could block off a whole area of a map, essentially. Um, or make it really difficult to go through the area of the map where the drones are. Because either she could see you, or if you stay within her drone's radius long enough, you become exposed, which means you're a one-hit down, even if you're totally healthy. So um, I'm sure people are going to get very creative with that. 
uh, in the few games that I played against her um, with a live person playing as her, uh, they forced, I think it was like every game we were forced into a three generator situation where the remaining three generators were all clumped up and she had all her drones there. So it seems it seems like it might be rough, <laughs> but we'll see when she actually releases, which I think might be next week. Um, yeah. It's either next week or the week after that she's fully releasing. So we'll see. That's why it's in the player test build. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. they they literally go by everyone's feedback, um, <clears throat> and even though it's just for PC, there's still a ton of PC players. So you know they listen to feedback and they kind of make tweaks based on what people think. So we'll see what they come out with for her. Well, it's um, nice they at least take you guys into consideration when, mm -hmm, yeah. when doing these betas, I guess you would call them. Yeah, it's nice. It's a nice feature that they do in the game. You know, the game has become so big, but they still care about stuff like that. Like, obviously, they're always saying how they're working towards, you know, trying to bring more balance into the game and making sure both sides are happy and all that. So it's cool that they listen to people's feedback. Um, I know when the night came out, they buffed him like crazy after the PTB because people were saying how weak he was and they actually listened. So we'll see what they do to her. But I think for me, like, again, she doesn't fit my play style. I, I know like when I was playing as her, I was going from setting up the drones sometimes while chasing survivors. And then I'm looking at the GPS to see where the other ones are. And the ones who are like directly behind me trying to like get to a hook are taking out the drones and then you're having to worry about other things going on on the map, how many generators are left. It just, it was too much for me to, <laughs> to multitask yeah. between, but maybe after I watch people and kind of get a feel for their, um, like their way of doing things, maybe I'll decide to try her again, but she doesn't feel like my type of, of character to play as, but again, someone who is really good with that kind of stuff is going to love her. I think. Um, I just think her design overall is very underwhelming. She's like, you know, have I I know Mark, you've probably yeah. know what the plague looks like. She's yes. that real tall, like Babylonian goddess yes. <laughs> of a killer. So she's, I think, according I, to lore I, I, around I call her I call her mommy, but that's Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Me too. So she's technically anywhere from five eleven to six foot plus. Like she's very tall. Um and if you if you start on the plague and then switch to the skull merchant, the skull merchant is like five foot. <laughs> it's so funny to go from the plague down to the to the skull merchant and see the height yeah. difference. She's so tiny. There's nothing menacing about her at all. Like I don't know why she's so small. It's fine. Small girls are adorable, but when they're a killer, <laughs> and you like you see this little girl like running at you with her little like half rhinestone looking mask, you're like, what is this? So we'll see. I feel like if the nerfing will come from the drones, because it yeah. sounds like a little overpowered that once you get down to a low number of drones, they can sort of just surround those generators with drones. Yeah, that's, you I know? mean, yeah, it depends. Like, because I, I mean, I struggled when I played as her too, because the drones will fall asleep after a certain amount of time if no one's interacting with them. Like, if a survivor doesn't go into their circle, like their range, yeah. the drone will go to sleep. Um, so then either as the killer, you have to wake it back up, which takes an action. Um, and then you can only wake up or set one drone at a time every, I don't know how I'm at 30, 40 seconds, which sounds really quick, but it's not when you're in a chase and you're trying to like turn on the drone in front of where the survivor is running to. And then you realize like someone else is to your right 
and you really want to turn on that drone and you yeah. can't now because you have to wait. Like it's just, there's so much going on. So I don't know whether they're going to like nerf some things, but buff other things for her. So I don't know, but I, I could see, is there a limit to how many drones you can have out? Yeah, I think it's four. I think it's, I think it's four drones. It's either four or five. There's no more than five. Definitely. I, th I think what I could see them doing is nerfing, you know, the amount of drones you have, but buffing the cooldown. Yeah. That I, I think that the cooldown definitely should be buffed for sure. And yeah. this is coming from someone that didn't, you know, didn't really like her yeah. and, and don't, I don't like the, like the, the, um, like the camp camping of gens aspect that can happen. But yeah, I think it's too long in between drone cooldowns. Obviously you don't want her like flinging them around the map really fast and like turning them on every two seconds. But at the same time, like it, it felt, it felt like a little bit too long. Yeah. I would I, never been in game development. Shock to everyone out there, I know. <laughs> um, but I would think I would say reduce it to three drones in fifteen seconds increase. Should yeah, something. Yeah, and and I like again, like I don't remember. I don't even know if they've said in the PTB um, how many seconds it is in between drone setting. But I just remember it feeling like. I set a drone and then I'm in a chase and I need to turn on the one up there and I keep clicking the button waiting for the prompt to pop up and I'm like, come on, I need to use it. Yeah. But maybe it is only 15 seconds, but it feels like forever. So whatever it is, it needs to be lessened for sure. Um, but hopefully they find some kind of balance with her. Um, yeah. But yeah, she's, I mean, she seems, again, for someone who likes all the multitasking and checking the GPS and setting up the drones and watching out for generators and, and being in a chase. And like, it's so much to worry about and like remembering which drones are where and which ones are going to shut off. And like remembering the color of the drone means it's off or it's on yeah. and like noticing which ones just turned on that were off. Like I'm telling you, it's so, it's so much to look at. <laughs> um, but it's, it's going to be interesting to see how people play as her. And yeah. she looks like she stepped out of like Borderlands or something. You like when you guys see her, you could tell me what you think. But it's just it's interesting. It's all interesting. The new survivors are cool. Um, they're Brazilian, which I think they're the the first two Brazilian characters in the game. Um, they actually talk to each other in the lobby when they get matched up together because they're brother and sister, which is kind of cute. That's kind of and cute. yeah, this is the also the first time that they're introducing, I forget the exact term, but um it's basically teamwork perks. So it's two perks that work together, like uh, not exclusively together, but they're designed to work together. So like the one perk on the sister's side will be um, after you heal someone, as long as you stay within five meters of them, you both have a speed boost. And then the brother's perk is like, if you, I don't know, finish a gem with someone and you stay within five meters of them, then you both get like, a bonus to doing something. So if you pair them both together, it's a stronger perk for both of them somehow. I forget. I'm probably doing a bad job explaining, but <laughs> it's I think it's going to be a new feature that they're introducing into the game, like perks that are specifically designed to work together. Um so we'll see how that goes as well. Uh but yeah, it it's it's interesting. Um I think again everyone's kind of disappointed in this chapter from what I've been hearing, but we'll see when it fully rolls out how everyone feels. Um Phasmo is still, you know, the same. Nothing, nothing crazy going on there. Um, played up, still the same. Arc, still the same. Um, but I did 
start a new ghost game called Paranormal Cleanup. It's currently in um, early access and it's very, very new. I think it's been out as of this recording, maybe maybe two weeks or a week oh, and a half. Okay. Um, yeah, it was, I think it was featured on Steam when it first came out. Um, it was like $4 to get it. And it's, it's basically like you are part of a team who you travel around and you clean up houses and you've been called to this so far. It's only one map. You've been called to this house to clean up the house and you don't know that it's haunted. Um, and all you have is a, uh, like a, what do they call it? like a little broom and a dustpan, like a little hand broom and a dustpan. And you have to travel around the house and clean up the mess hmm. and then bring it out to the dumpster. It sounds very silly, but it's better than it sounds. Um, and all the while, there's this very aggressive ghost that's haunting the house. And it gets angrier the more trash you collect and throw out. I don't know why, but it does. Um, if you guys ever watched me play Devour, it's very similar to Devour. Where um, in that game, the more of the objectives you do, the angrier, quicker, and faster the ghost, uh, quicker and more powerful the ghost gets or the spirit gets, whatever. Um, it's the same thing in this, essentially. So um, you, know, you have to creep around. There's only, like I said, the, the dustpan and the brush. So I don't know if they're going to add more tools, more ghosts, uh, more maps, hopefully. But for what it is, it was fun. Um, the ghost is very drawn to the sound of you moving. Um, so you can't, like when the ghost is around, if you're not hiding in a closet, you can't move at all or it will kill you. Mm -hmm. um, but the cool thing is like Devour, you could pick yourself back up if you have a med kit. So when you're down by the ghost, it's not like Phasmo where you're just like dead and that's it. Um, either you could heal yourself or if a teammate is still alive and can get to you, they could pick you up, which is nice. So there's a little bit... Uh, little bit more of a chance of survival in this game. Um, but the ghost is kind of glitchy. Like it was literally stuck right in front of where the dumpster was for forever. So it took us probably 20 minutes to get the game completed because we couldn't get outside where the ghost was because it was stuck. Um, and I think they know <laughs> about that because it's, it's again, in very early access. But yeah. for anyone who obviously likes horror games, you know, paranormal stuff, and you also like um, like those those cleaning simulator type ga games, especially like Viscera. I was going to uh, Viscera. Yeah, like yeah. Um, Power Wash Simulator, like all the cleaning games. This might be something you want to keep your eye on. Um, and again, it's only $4 as of the last time I checked, which was like yesterday. So it's a good time to get it and try it and see what you think. And just, you know, don't forget about it because I think they're going to keep updating it, hopefully. But I had a lot of fun. I played a bunch <laughs> of rounds and got better at it each time and started figuring out the little quirks that are in the game and stuff. So I would recommend giving it a go. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, I, I feel like that's a game like, I don't know, obviously I haven't played it, but like Vampire Survivor that, you know, was like three bucks, you know, when they were first starting it out. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. you know, it became on a lot of people's game of the year list because they kept updating it and making it better. Not yeah. that, and that I'm saying this game will end up on game of the year list. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> yeah. saying that always happens, but <laughs> right, you know, but that it went some of these lower games, if it interests you, mm -hmm. like the idea of vampire survivors to me interests me. I was like, ah, oh, it's three bucks. I'll give it a shot. It's just three bucks if it sucks. And you it's know? so worth it, right? You know, it's not <laughs> yeah. it's not like I spent sixty dollars and goes, this game, you know, right. it's terrible. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. If you're into the horror genre, like Jen said, 
you know, you could always pick this up. And if you like being a hipster of video games, mm -hmm. you can always say, I had it before it was cool. Right? You know, exactly. And if there's one thing that I can say that surprised me and made me laugh. That you, you know like being a hipster? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know how in Phasmo, when you get into um, the truck, the little voice talks to you yeah. like, okay, we have a job for you, blah, blah, blah. So it does the same thing when you get to the location. There's a little, for some reason, a radio, like an actual just radio outside. And it's talking to you and it's saying like, okay, team, you know, don't forget we have to clean up and blah, blah, blah. But it's like this hardcore, like Brooklyn accent for some reason. And the guy's like, okay, guys, we got to go get the garbage and throw it in the dumpster. <laughs> And he's just going and talking, and it's hilarious. And then in the end, he's like, oh, and by the way, good luck with the ghosts, or something like that. It's so silly and janky. And I, I love it. It's so funny. Yeah. So like um, they were watching Under Siege or something. Yeah. Or not Under Siege. Uh, Out for Justice. Did you just watch? Out for Justice. Out for Justice. Yeah. I, I was going to say, did Ann get a voice acting job? <laughs> it's... It, it was it was hilarious. I, I was like hearing something like, what is that? And I got closer to the radio and I'm like, what the heck is this? And then, of course, every time I played a game after that, I'd be like, guys, go to throw it in the dumpster. Don't forget about the garbage. <laughs> it's so silly. Um, so, yeah, if, if that's the only thing inspiring you to play this game, let it. And actually, I realized if you accidentally walk into the radio, it sparks and then it breaks. So yeah. I don't know if that's supposed to happen. But it happened. So make sure you don't do that until you listen to the voice in the beginning. At least once. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's it for me. Um, I'm sure I'll continue to update on Paranormal Cleanup because I have some high hopes for this game. I think it could go places in the indie horror genre yeah. world. All right. Uh, Tom, what have you been up to? So I beat Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII. Crisis Core spoiler nice. cast scheduled. Congratulations. <laughs> You sound yeah, a little sad. It, it, well, I am sad. So I'll <laughs> okay. I'm sad because it was a fun game and I had a, a lot of fun playing it. But I'm also sad because of the ending. And I knew uh, it's like I've I've seen the ending. I knew mm -hmm. it was coming, but it's like tear tears rolling down my face. Like just like a ball of emotions. I get that. Watching yeah. the end of that game. Yeah. I get it's, like that with The Last of Us, even though I know how it starts, so I can relate. Like I, like I had said on on a previous podcast, like I was doing whatever I could to not get to the end of the game, and then I got <laughs> yeah. to the, I got to that point where I was like, all right, I got I got to finish this. So I like worked my way through it, and I was like, all right, I had to mentally prepare myself. Mm -hmm. I'm going to finish the game today. I know what's coming. <laughs> it didn't help. No. It, if anything, it probably made it worse. Yeah. <laughs> How, how quickly did you beat Genesis? Uh, I think I hit him once. <laughs> is there that the go. last? Is that the last boss? Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's he's not hard. If I tried to to fight Minerva, that'd be totally different. Yeah, Minerva like one shot at me three times, and I'm like, you know what? I don't have the patience for this. <laughs> I didn't have the patience to go unlock it. I did like sixty something yeah. percent of the missions, and I felt yeah. like that. Eh, I feel like that's pretty good. Yeah, I got I did a decent the, amount, and I can I always go. Sorry, good. I was. I can always go back, and I can do new game plus if I really want to, because I have. I saved right before the end, and I also have a, a cleared save, so I can. 
do the, the stuff, everything I need to do right before the end, or I can just do yeah. a new game plus. But I don't, I don't think I will because I don't want to watch the end again. Yeah, the it, uh, it's well, you so don't you just, uh, don't do new game plus. Just go to that save right before the end and do all the the missions <laughs> and see if you can beat Minerva. You know, but yeah, yeah, I watched someone yeah, I might, online. I might just try to to beat Minerva, but but yeah, it's uh, yeah, so um, it it's a it's such a good story while being very simple. Yeah. They don't really delve that deep into Zack's character, but at the same time, you really care about Zack's character. So yeah. it's, it's an interesting dichotomy because he's just like a throwaway line in the, in the original game. And they, they designed a whole game around him. That's pretty cool that they did that. It was stories very important to, um, cloud so yeah um, i remember you like very very briefly explaining him to me when the first like trailer dropped for this or something i remember that kind of like understanding like, oh and you kind of gave me the idea of what was going yeah. on so that makes sense yeah the uh um the thing with uh zach i've said in previous podcasts with this is just the the best summation of it that i say if for crisis core is that he's the only normal person surrounded by anime characters Yes, um, that's <laughs> that is a very that's a very good uh, description. Yeah, um, like he delivers his lines like a normal person, and the rest of them are very dramatic anime characters. <laughs> well, all Genesis does is quote a play. Right. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's so good in that respect. Like they probably had so much fun writing that. Um, but the uh, the thing I was gonna say is I watched somebody online on streaming beat Minerva, and the amount of Phoenix Downs they had to use to keep from because you use a Phoenix Down and it gives you basically like a revive, like mm -hmm. you know yeah, if you so get. I didn't realize how Phoenix Downs worked until I beat the game. <laughs> yeah, I I, I kind of figured it out near the end because um, I kept using Phoenix. For, to get my revives, and then I realized right. well, that when I use the Phoenix that's down, that's how I figured out what a Phoenix, how to use the Phoenix down. Yeah, because I every once in a while, like I would just revive magically, and I w w didn't know why. And then I figured out, oh, I must have selected Phoenix down instead of potion. Yeah, because a Phoenix down basically gives you an extra life. Yeah, so essentially, it's like a timing thing with Minerva. It's like you got to make sure you hit her. Have a Phoenix down ready because she'll one shot you for like nine hundred ninety nine thousand points, um, and then if you revive, and then you got to make sure you hit a Phoenix down and then go to the attack. Like you mm -hmm. have to, or or sometimes she double one shot you and if geez. the RNG is bad. So there's um, like a huge strategy involved with this. Yeah, yeah. So it took the guy like twenty minutes. But yeah, um, you have to. So so Jen, there's there's items that break the uh, limits in. In HP, MP, and damage. Mm -hmm. So you have to get these specific items, and to beat Minerva, you have to be using the one that um, the one to break the damage counter and the one to break the HP. Uh, the HP counter. Because if you go in with just just nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine, you'll 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 die immediately every time. Wow. Yeah, and Mer Minerva is the let's go kill God of this game because there's not actually He's one. Literally God. Game. Yeah, yeah, but it's like in the in the regular main story, there is no God to kill, so right. they 
they put they put it in the side missions. <laughs> so every Final Fantasy has to have you go kill God. So yeah. she's she's buried in the in the side quest. Interesting. But yeah, yeah, there's a million. So another interesting thing, I get, and we'll get more into this, I guess, when we do the spoiler um, cast with Jonathan. Spoiler cast. But the end of the game is like the only time where you actually have to like pay attention to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like you could kind of kind of just do whatever you want going through the the story, but it, the last level is like a giant puzzle. Yeah, with very specific things that you have to do. And if you're not, if you don't do it right, you won't get through the game. So I, I don't know how anybody did. I don't remember if the PSP version had all this stuff. Yeah. But you would 100% need a guide to get through yeah. it. Yeah. Because or, they're, they're like very specific steps you have to do to make it to make it yeah, work. Yeah. So you can yeah. get to the final boss. Yeah, it's a thing where like keys are involved and only certain enemies have the keys. And if those and, and it's all randomly generated battles. So you just got to hope that enemy pops up. <laughs> yeah, with that specific key, and you would not know that it doesn't tell you that anywhere. So you wouldn't even know if you haven't seen that enemy <laughs> that that enemy even exists. Um, yeah, yeah, that that part was frustrating. But yeah, I can't wait for that spoiler cast because I know it's mainly just going to be me being a moderator um, mm-hmm. because you know Tom has all the history at FF Seven, and I know Jonathan. Um, I I think likes the game, but like has some opinions about it. So um, but it's going to be fun. Can't wait to do that. Um, and, uh, any final thoughts on that or you, what else did you get to? Um, so really it's just been that and more, more messing with my mister. Okay. It's just so fun. It's just so fun to be mm-hmm. able to load up whatever I want, whenever I want. Um, but yeah, I've been playing more Gran Turismo because why not? Exactly. All right. But that's, that's, that's pretty much it. So yeah. I, I also, well, before I get off. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I now want to try to figure out how to um, rip the soundtrack off of Gran Turismo. Okay. Uh, like you could, like I, I would imagine if you had the disc, you should be able so to. I, I own the disc. Okay. So there's a way to do it where you can rip like game music off of it because it's not Red Red Book Audio. Yeah. Um, but there's like tools you can do to to do that. And I don't actually want to rip like the music music. I want the menu music. Okay. Because I feel like the menu music is very relaxing. Okay. And it's just one of those things where I feel like if I get like if I just want to throw on video game music cuz there's no lyrics or anything. It's just like Yeah. some guy with a MIDI keyboard making a whole bunch of bunch of different noises, but it's I I want I would like to have my own copies of it. So that's that's my next goal is to try to figure out how to do that. Yeah, just gotta go uh get the Wii Shop music too somehow. Exactly. <laughs> or or get the GoldenEye 007 music. The watch, goes, the watch theme, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the the main menu screen that goes way too hard. <laughs> and so does the pause menu. Oh the, the pause, pause menu, menu goes way too hard. hard too. You could be onto something here, Tom. <laughs> oh I I I'm just a trendsetter. What what can yep. I say? Yeah. Yep. Another hipster <laughs> moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I will I will leave the the surprise game for last. Um so uh with the announcement of Tears of the Kingdom and all that that we talked about last week, um I went back and fought Ganon again. Um nice. and did not realize uh, how essential it is to get all the guardians. Um because you get all the guardians and it makes that fight significantly easier. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, um, good. I did that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, 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 it'll make, you know, because it's Ganon, so you know, you know, it's, it's a longer fight, but it would be even longer if you didn't do all the Guardians. Um, I'd recommend getting the Master Sword, too, if you haven't already, because it, it doesn't break. Yeah. Um, uh, I believe I have it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. The only thing that sucked for me is I'm really bad at parrying. Um, I mean, if you watch Tie Fight Rush, you kind of figured that out. <laughs> um, so, you uh, like, uh, Parrying the guardian lasers were, was becoming a problem. I was like, "How did I do this before?" Um, because there's one, there's one part of, of like going up to beat him where it's like all guardians, and you just got to destroy them, um, like no other enemies. Um, I did skip a couple mini bosses, um, which if you want some tips on that, Tom, when you get there, <laughs> okay. there's a couple. There's a couple times you're supposed to fight lionels, and I just had enough stamina in my climbing bandana that I just climbed over the. The trigger um and got out of there um because if you fall into this one area it closes the doors behind you and then the the lionel appears <laughs> oh fun yeah but if you uh eek around and have enough stamina you can climb around and get through it without fighting them um, i didn't know that last time because i fought the lionels last time this time i was like huh you know watching all these people speed run since the last time i played these games i wonder if i go up here It'll work. Um, but yeah, yeah. So reminder of how great that game is. Um, yeah, get me more excited. Still a bitch to try to get the collector's edition. I don't think I'm going to get it um, at this point. Uh, maybe I'll buy it later and have just two copies of the game or something. Um, and piggybacking off of that, apparently it's impossible to buy Metroid Prime. Yeah. Physical remaster. edition. Yeah. Yeah. That was why I did the thing that I mentioned uh, to you guys and, oh, excuse me, in our chat. Where I saw the pre-order from PlayAsia for the English Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters one through six, I'm like, I'm getting this before it becomes impossible. Yeah, <laughs> good these. idea. Because <laughs> I now have FOMO, and I'm like, how oh. do I get how do I get Metroid Prime Remastered? Yeah, <laughs> well, you can get it digitally, but you, I know you like the hard. I like physical copies of these. everything, um, even if it doesn't have anything on the disc. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so you know, I I, I played through that again. Um, the only thing that uh, frustrated me, and I don't know because I didn't do much horse combat in the game, is uh, at one point they force you on your horse, and I could not control the horse and shoot the arrows, or my joint cons had drift or something, so mm-hmm. I just had to jump off the horse and do it on foot. Well, you um, probably was using um, gyroscope or gyro gyroscope. controls, yeah. yeah. So I just got off the horse, and it was much, much easier, but it was funny. They are like, oh, the horse, it makes it easy! And my horse is going in the other direction <laughs> from the fight because for some reason. Sounds uh, like real life, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's like an actual horse. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, um, no, no, no. Yeah. Um, so, also with the other things from that direct, um, I started playing uh, Six Golden Coins, Super Mario Land 2. Um, I remembered how easy it is to get extra lives in that game um, because if you ring the bell at the end of each level, they bring you to like this conveyor belt thing. And I instantly remembered the strategy is that it'll come through with two hearts that have a three on it. Then when you see the third one approaching, you hit it because there's back-to-back three hearts um, on there. So you're guaranteed to get one of them um, every time. So um, I'm already up to like double-digit lives in that uh, Mm -hmm. because of that. But that game, I wish wish it gave the color settings. Like you could put it on Super Game Boy. Um, It doesn't seem like it has that. So it's like the green, you know, um, Game Boy coloring. 
Um, well, so it has pretty- a game. It should have a Game Boy Color palette. I didn't see where to do it um, in there, but um, they do have games that are specifically marked Game Boy Color um, in there, like uh, on the bar on the on the box art. So I wonder if that's what they're doing. But either way, I was just curious that it was going to be have like a Halo Anniversary Edition thing where you could push like select and it goes back and forth. Um, but or Halo Two or whatever one that was. Um, so I played through a little bit of that. I played Tetris and got to level six. Um, first time playing that Tetris in a long time. Um, maybe it's because I've been playing some Tetris Effect recently that, you know, I had the eye for building lines um, in it. Music is still amazing in that game, um, despite the fact that it's just one track. Um, I, I could do like you were saying for the Gran Turismo. I just had that music on in the background. <laughs> um, or whatever, the, you know, the Russian music. Um, and uh, I started, what was the other one? Oh, I played Super Mario Advance 4. Um, speaking of music, the music is absolutely garbage in that version of Super Mario 3. Like, I'm assuming it's the GBA sound chip? Well, yeah, it's, it's part of it. It's, you know, it's not going to be a Super Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, or, or even an NES. It was just, ooh, I was like, wow, this, this song doesn't even sound the same. Um <laughs> And it was real weird, but I got, you know, beat the first level with no problem. Um, as everybody can beat the first world if you've played any kind of Mario game. Um, even from a guy who is terrible at them because he doesn't use the run button much. Um, <laughs> uh, which is why I can't probably, which is probably why I can't beat those games completely outside of world. I was able to beat world. Um, but yeah, so I played through that stuff. Um, you know, uh, I might try out the, the Mario Kart one for GBA in there. So I played through that. Um, I'm not sure. I think I beat Hi-Fi Rush between recordings, possibly. I think you beat it before the last. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember exactly. But yeah, so that game's still great. Um, The update on that is I tried to play it not through the OBS thing, and apparently I had uh, programmed myself to uh, like take in the lag um, Uh because I I was early on or late on everything <laughs> and couldn't get perfects anywhere and was just getting goods. Um, now my perfect rate wasn't great with the lag, but it was atrocious um, <laughs> playing through here. Um, so I was like, Oh, maybe I just got used to it. Um, so that'll take a little bit of time because the, the post game's pretty good. And then again, I might play through on easy um, with the Japanese voice and, and the actual songs that they give you uh, just to hear those songs. Um, and yeah. And the um, other game, I uh, played a um, little bit of Violet, um, Pokemon Violet beat another gym. Nice. Um, so just make our way through that um, slowly. Um, and I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Um, oh, I downloaded Madden 23 because that became free after the Super Bowl. Um, so that game is not great. Um, but Nomadden has really been great for a while. Um, but yeah, it doesn't have some of the bugs that 22 had um, in terms of uh, off the field stuff, but the on the field stuff is, is pretty wild when some of the things go wrong. Um, and as you saw, um, I've been doing punch out, um, trying to do speed runs um, and practicing a lot. I got a lot of my times down to like beginner level speed running. Um, I ended up buying the, uh, 8-bit dough, uh, Super Nintendo controller. What is that? Like, it's the SN30 Pro. Um, and that helped me out a lot, um, with that compared to 
playing it with a uh, uh, and uh, uh, Xbox 360 controller. Um, so my dodges yeah. and all are much better. Um, yeah, say doing a using an Xbox 360 controller for that is probably the worst controller you could possibly use. Yeah. So because that D pad is god awful. Oh yeah. I noticed the difference immediately, obviously. Um, so I got up all the way to Soda Pop, um, doing most of the speedrun tactics. Um, for the, the beginner ones, not the advanced ones that involve you like knowing how to do like quick dodge and multi-buffering and all this other stuff that I don't think I'll ever be good at, but I should be good at uh, getting a time. Um, uh, so, you know, I can now, you know, every time, unless something screws up, I still can't figure out what screws up. I think it might be emulator lag, maybe, or maybe controller lag. Um, but every so often I don't knock down Glass Joe at 42 seconds. Um, like I knock him down, but he gets up. Um, and that I still can't do, there's a way to beat the first Don Flamenco fight in like 14, 15 seconds. Um, and I can't do the quick dodge, which is, there's two kinds of dodges, which I didn't find out until speed running. Um, you can do the slow dodge, which is your normal, just press left or right. But if you press left and then up, you quick dodge. Um, and it and it makes you punch faster um, now when you do that. So um, I can't get that quick dodge in to get the star to knock them down and all this other stuff. So still working on that, but still got them under a minute, which if you knock them down twice in under a minute, um, it's a KO. So been working through that. I think the streams have been good. Um, been fun. I got to figure out. Um, I think next time I'm going to put the chat in my second window and leave OPS on my original or OBS in my original um, monitor um, here and just see if that works. Because for some reason it would just act like it was losing connection, like um, between the monitors and everything would go black and freeze. Um, so I don't know. Um, just, just a weird setup here. Um, I wish I had two HDMI ports, to be honest with you, um, on my GPU, but I don't think any of them come with two, unless if you get like high end stuff, but, um, yeah. So, all right. So the, uh, last game that, that I just decided to play on Saturday for most of the day for reasons I can't explain to you. Uh, but I played about four to five hours of, uh, the division two, Tom. Um, Ow, isn't it super broken? I don't know. <laughs> I got to level 19. I increased four levels. Um, <laughs> just going through it solo. Um, I don't know if it's super broken in the fact that it's way too easy now. Um, but uh, yeah, the way I set it up for me to have both a, uh, a turret and a drone that shoots things makes it very easy to stop people from surrounding you. Um, well, and, uh, if yeah. you ever want to play, I'm pretty sure I own it on like two different consoles and I played it for like a day. Yeah. So. I'm still in your clan. So okay. I, I'm, I'm currently the, I am currently the general of your clan. Okay. Because I'm the, I'm the only one to play in the last two years in it. Wow. <laughs> so it promoted me to general immediately. <laughs> it's like, oh, um, thank God. <laughs> I couldn't even, I couldn't even tell you the last time I loaded that game up. I don't know why I did it. I, I think I was just looking for something um, to just level up and loot and stuff like that. And, you know, just because, you know, I had a little bit of um, gap in my heart from beating Hi-Fi Rush. Um, yeah. of just, you know, going through and doing stuff like I told, that. I, Mark, I told you what to play. <laughs> you got to get Sunset Overdrive. Overdrive. I have it. I just didn't doubt. But, yeah, so I loaded up that. Um, it's it's okay. I, I One thing that I did notice is my ability to 
be better first-person shooting in terms of, you know, um, I know it's a third-person game, but just the idea of, you know, I guess helping my periphery and stuff like that um, from playing first-person shooters, I didn't get surrounded at all. Like, I didn't lose anybody um, on the map. Um, so, you know, that seems to have improved in my gaming. But I, I, I can see... I can see the story um, in terms of making a game like that. That would be, you know, I think if it wasn't made by Ubisoft, I think that game would still be good or popular. Um, just from the little bit I played, it has all the game hooks that a lot of games have that stay popular. Um, yes. It's just Ubisoft is trash. Um, yeah, they, they have not done a good job with that game. It should be yeah. so much better. Yeah. It's just all, all, the, all the small things about it um, work and should should have been... They should have been able to do a Division 3 if they would have done well enough with this one. But I digress. I might keep playing it. I don't know. But, um, oh, yeah. And the one game I did forget to mention, I played through The Last of Us. Um, I did get the Part 1 um, remake. And thank God I did because that looks so much better than the remaster. Um, it's kind of amazing. Um, the only fun thing is I think it's slightly broken. In, not broken, but in the sense that however they do the controls, at any time... I'm trying to back up with Joel, and if I don't spin the camera um, to go the way I want him to go while backing up, he does this little backwards jog. Um, that looks really weird. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know if that's just a screw-up that you're supposed to turn the camera as you're backing up. Um, like, he doesn't, like, 180. He just, he just literally backs up. You tell him to go back, and he's backing up. Um, but, yeah, I got to... I'm almost to Pittsburgh. I forgot how long Pittsburgh was. Um, I haven't even met Sam and Henry yet um, there, so um, i got a little bit of catching up to do. This, so I'm probably going to be playing it after the game is done, after the TV show is done, um, which I can't wait for that spoiler cast either. Um, the show is so good, except um, this is the first time that I saw a side-by-side where I really got to appreciate uh, Troy and Ashley's performance um, when they did the side-by-side of the, uh, you know, just leave me, you know, everyone leaves me sort of thing that scene um if, if you remember yeah. from the show but yeah. in the game the way they do it like they did a side by side on tiktok of them doing it uh on stage like when they were doing the motion capture mm-hmm. ashley and troy and then showed you bella and pedro and they are different joel and ellie's but just just ashley's performance is ellie and that seems just ridiculous but wow. um yeah between i was like it's a shame she's in her mid mid to late 30s <laughs> um, because it really works, but yeah. So Last of Us still great. Um, I'm deciding if I should just go right into The Last of Us two or wait for season two. I'm not sure. We'll decide when we get there. We still got like a month and a half, yeah, for me to get there. But um, yeah, that's about all I've been playing. Um, yeah, this this weekend's going to be a little bit movie focused as uh, Cocaine Bear came out today, <laughs> and I'm going to see that tomorrow. Nice. Um, and then uh, Megan came out on Peacock, so I'll be good. I've heard you've been dying to see Megan. I'm just, I, I may I have listened to another podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yep. So I'm now going to see it without having to. Well, I did pay for it because I pay for premium yeah. Peacock but- for soccer, but um, you know, not 20 bucks for a ticket um, to a sure. movie. Um, and then we have Creed 3 next week, so um. Yeah, and then we got Resident Evil 4 as soon after that. Yeah, it's it's picking up nicely um, mm-hmm. here. So, yeah. Um, Jen, 
what has some of the news been this week? So um, starting out, I know you, you briefly mentioned that the beginning of the year isn't as dry as it, you know, sometimes is. But looking looking overall at the uh, the start of the year for the gaming industry, it's actually been a little bit rough. Um, yeah. So January 2023, now that we're looking back on it, um, it showed a 5% decline in total game sales as compared to last year, January 2022. Um, and apparently this was the first time that the U.S. video game market has seen a decline year to year since September of 2022, which was down 4% to the year before. Um, so I kind of thought it was interesting to look into seeing exactly what contributed to it. And it seems like um, video game hardware sales actually stayed pretty much flat to last year, but it was kind of mainly video game sales were down 5% across all platforms but video game accessories saw a huge dip coming down 14% to last year. So um, it's interesting. When did you say the VR2 came out? It was, it was what, like a couple days ago? Yeah. Mark? Well, it just launched. Yeah. I, I, I don't remember when Mark said it did, but yeah, it's, I wonder, <laughs> I don't know how many people are jumping on that necessarily, but that could have obviously been a different story for January if it came out in January. What? Uh, um, PSVR2? Yeah, the the VR two coming yeah. out was that just a couple days ago? Yeah, I'm assuming yeah, it just okay. released, and it looks like there's not much exclusives. Um, I think there's only like two games that aren't already out on like Steam VR and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard that call the Call of Duty Jesus Horizon game is pretty good um, yeah. on there. But yeah, as you were saying, the uh, sales have been down. But in terms of name brand releases, it's probably more mm -hmm. what I meant. Um, there's been a lot of those now have people going and buy video yep. inflation and all that. Yeah. That, that's where the issue comes. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> getting all the more somber news out of the way, um, a few games very interestingly saw success in January um, and some new ones and some old ones um, did. So going through some of the notable success of the old games, the last of us part one, um, out of a ranked list of 20, the top 20 games of January, The Last of Us Part 1 jumped to rank 11. Um, I don't really remember where it was. It might have been in the high 30s originally, um, but that's most likely you know, due to the show, boosting its popularity again for everyone. Um, I am one of those purchases. Yes, yeah, see? <laughs> <laughs> and we're probably going to see it again when it comes out in March with the remake. So, well, stay tuned for that as well. Uh, the PC version, yes, right, yeah, yeah, which um, is which they are definitely lining up for when the show ends. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty <laughs> smart. Like, I will be that person that gets it. I'm waiting for that. Yeah, so <laughs> I'll I'll contribute to that one. Um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two of 2022 remained in the number one spot. Um, Elden Ring moved up a rank to number six, and Pokemon Scarlet Violet rounded out the top ten. Although they did fall all the way from the number two spot. Um, God of War Ragnarok remained in the top 10 as well, but fell from number three to number eight. And then probably the biggest resurgence was Monster Hunter Rise, jumping from rank 68 to number 13 in January. Um, and this is most likely because it was released on PlayStation and Xbox recently. So yeah, it, it is a either a PS Plus extra game or a Game Pass game. I forget which I downloaded it for. Yeah. For free. But it um, like skyrocketed because of that. Yeah. So that's pretty yeah. cool. Um, and then new games that came out in January. Dead Space Remake ranked number two out of the top 20 games of the month, coming in 
behind Call of Duty and right above Madden NFL 23. Um, Fire Emblem Engage also did pretty well. It ranked number five. Um, Forspoken ranked number seven. And then One Piece Odyssey ranked number nine for the month. So the new games are doing pretty well, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wonder how much, well, the Dead Base, Dead Base, uh, Jesus, Mark, speak. Uh, Dead Space Remake, um, <laughs> you know, has a little bit of a lineage, you know, um, yes. you know, a fan base. So that's not too surprising. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Callisto Protocol was a little bit of a disappointment. Um, you probably got those people that didn't get their fill with Callisto yeah. um, uh, wanting to buy this. Um, One Piece is an anime that uh, a lot of people love that seems way too daunting for if I even want to get into it because there's like over a thousand episodes yeah. um, of it. And, uh, you know, um, the the other new one. What was the other one? New one? Sorry. Forspoken. Forspoken was just because it's square. So people are like, oh, this must be good. And then they get it and they're like, oh, this isn't that great. Um, I, I would, what I really like, and I know you, I say this sometimes when you bring statistics in, um, I would love to have seen the trophy percentage for Forspoken and see where that drop off is on the chapter trophies. Mm. Um, because that's usually like, um, like you could tell how much of a like weird hit high five rush was because, you know, I, uh, I was getting a lot of diamond, like the diamond achievements early. Mm -hmm. And then by the time I got to the middle, they stopped being diming achievements. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, it was shown that a lot of people were playing it, yeah. you know, you know, through. So I don't know. That's one, that's one of the weird things I like is when you talk about like new games that have a lot of buying at first. I would like to see what that what that uh, chart is. Of yeah. When people actually stop playing the games that aren't that well reviewed. That's a good point. And actually, speaking of high fire rush, I did want to mention that because it apparently just barely missed the top 20 list. And I think it still deserves some some praise because yeah. it released in the end of January. So the fact that it came so close to being in the top 20 after releasing in the end of the month is very impressive. Is this, uh, and forgive me, I, I missed the very beginning um, uh, where you got the information from. Is this like hardware sales or is this just some kind of overall? Because I feel like Hi-Fi Rush probably... Um, it's like Rocket League where it benefits from being free on one of the systems. Right. Um, I think it was overall, yeah, overall hardware sales. I'm pretty okay. sure it was. Or just video game sales in general. Um, yeah, so it probably doesn't track downloads on Game Pass. Because that, that's amazing. That's almost 30 in just physical sales when people could get it for free. Yeah. You know, or top 20 or whatever. Uh, also, it's 30 bucks. So, um you know, that helps. We need a lot more budget titles like that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But um, yeah, I, I figured that all of that would be interesting to touch yeah. on. Um, and stuff. we'll see maybe Hi-Fi Rush will come up in the February <laughs> February I could, I could I could see it being yeah, high. Like in the maybe, I don't know, out of 20, maybe like 15 to 20 range. Just from sheer point. word of mouth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've seen it pop still popping up on Twitch. And, you know, I don't follow like a ton of people. Um, but every once in a while, someone's playing it. So it's definitely a great little gem of a game for sure. Just, I know yeah. that just by watching you and a couple other people. Yeah. I want to see the, it. uh, speed run tactics on it. It's what I'm excited yeah. to find. Yeah. That would be interesting. Um, but yeah, moving on, uh, to a quick little story. Horror filmmaker Blumhouse has officially announced that, uh, they are coming out with Blumhouse games, which will be a subsidiary. Um, it'll be run by President Zach Wood and CFO Don uh, Setchler. 
And um, they've announced that Blumhouse Games will be partnering with indie game developers to bring their original horror-themed games to all platforms. So they are specifically targeting indie horror games, which I absolutely love. Um, as of right now, there isn't much more detail on this. I know Blumhouse and Atomic Monster had announced they were looking to merge, and that's expected to close sometime during the summer. So I'm sure we'll hear more on Blumhouse Games as we continue through the year. Um, but this is really exciting to me. I have a huge love of horror indie games. So I think yeah. it's really great to see a great, like an awesome horror studio getting involved. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think, I've, I've, I'm sorry. Okay. It's okay. No, I was going to say, I mean, I know they've produced really cool horror movies. So I'm looking forward to see what they can do for the horror gaming genre in general. Yeah, I feel that they could have the impact like Annapurna did on the indie side of like those games that that they produce like the story uh type of games you know hopefully they don't produce a 12 minutes because then we can <laughs> ignore ignore that game but um yeah it's always good when you get a studio that has a specific genre yeah um to it um getting involved when it's a movie theater or any other entertainment entity um like uh, and they know what they're doing like sometimes they get in and think they know, you know, that their style will work and they don't, they aren't flexible. Mm -hmm. um, but Blumhouse seems from the movies they produced to not be stuck in one type of genre. So, they, in terms, obviously they're horror, but I mean, like one type of horror. Right. Um, yeah. I feel like they, know. like you said, they won't be extremely like, this is only what we're doing. Like this specific this, little bubble of genre this, or of horror. Like This they're... is a Blumhouse game. Make me a Blumhouse game. Right. <laughs> I feel like they're going to be like, hell yeah, whatever you have, like pitch it to us. That's awesome. We're going to do this and this and this and all these different things. So I'm excited. Again, yeah. love me some indie horror games. So we'll see what happens. And it ties right into the idea of, you know, what I said about Hi-Fi Rush is this is a type of thing that could get more budget games out there. More 20, exactly. more 29, yep. you know, 1999 games. Like yep. I love, I love me some, you know, vampire survivors. I know Second time I mentioned it, but like three ninety nine, <laughs> you yeah. know, small games like that. But that middle tier game that mm -hmm. is almost triple A level in terms of production, but doesn't cost sixty seventy dollars, right? Especially in this market with inflation and all that, um, yeah. will sell mm -hmm. if it's a good game. Hi Fi Rush is the prime example of that. Yeah, and a lot of times, like look at Phasmo. It's been in technically early access for two years, almost three years now, I think, or no, two two years and a couple months. And they're constantly updating it and improving it and keeping the community involved with the process. And it's like a more intimate way to enjoy a game, getting into a game that's, you know, a smaller yeah. indie level type game. But like you said, they still get a lot of attention. So I think it's exciting. I can't wait to see what, what comes of this. I'm sure we'll be talking about it. Hopefully good things to come from Blumhouse Games. So we'll see. Um, moving on, Microsoft has been making headlines uh, and some money moves thanks to a couple new deals they've signed. So I wanted to quickly go through those. Um, first off, Microsoft and NVIDIA have announced they have signed a deal bringing Xbox PC games to GeForce Now, which is their cloud gaming platform. Um, so within the next few weeks, players who own any games purchased in the Windows Store, including third party titles where the publisher has allowed streaming rights to NVIDIA, um, so they'll be able to play that through the GeForce Now uh, streaming service. This includes all Xbox PC games currently available on Steam and Epic Game Store as well. Um, 
if you're like me, I didn't really know exactly what GeForce Now was in detail. So just to quickly explain what it is, um, it's a membership tier system offered by NVIDIA um, and it streams games from their servers directly. So you can basically start out with their free, very basic membership, which allows for standard access to their gaming servers. There's no additional graphics or speeds upgrades, and they only give you one hour, a one hour long session at a time to be on their servers, and then it cuts you off. Um, all of the paid tiers, they start at $9.99 a month and they go up to $19.99 a month for the highest one. Uh, each paid tier offers higher resolutions, faster frame rates, um, streaming directly from GeForce RTX GPUs. So you have the real time ray tracing. Um, you also have the fastest access to their GeForce Now servers. So you get like the front of the line to get on the server first. Um, extended session lengths, depending on the tier level that you're at and maxed out graphic settings. Um, and also wherever, whenever there are server upgrades that are done, a member's settings are always automatically adjusted for them. So everything stays updated and, and top of the line. So you don't have to worry about running updates on your own. Um, so basically this is something for the very enthusiastic PC gamer who wants their games to remain playable at the highest graphics level, you know, according to their budget, of course, um, and the highest gaming speeds available for the tier that they purchase. So it's pretty cool that um, that they made a deal with, I think, NVIDIA. It'll be interesting, again, for the enthusiastic PC gamers, at least. Yeah, and uh, this this has nothing to do with the Activision <laughs> Blizzard stuff. No, not no, at all. No, no, no. <laughs> they didn't sign these deals to make Sony look dumb. <laughs> well, wait till you hear about the next thing I'm going to talk about. <laughs> Microsoft has also signed a 10-year deal to bring Xbox games to Nintendo players. Uh, and obviously this is showing the FTC that they are willing to fulfill their pledge that they're gonna make Call of Duty available to other platform companies, which was a stipulation of their $68.7 billion deal to acquire Activision, uh, which is a stipulation of that if they wind up acquiring Activision Blizzard. So um, they're definitely, putting in the work to get this done. And like Mark said, maybe make Sony look stupid because they still haven't come to an agreement with them. Um, and this deal means that Nintendo player players will get to play these games on the same day as Xbox with full access to any extra features or content content that Xbox players would also have, which is cool. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to mention, and this might be a little bit of a conspiracy theory, but the exact wording of the deal said Xbox games are coming to Nintendo gamers. They didn't specifically mention the Switch. And there's some speculation that because of that, we may be getting a new Nintendo console eventually, maybe soon, which could be more powerful than the Switch where Call of Duty could run better or as intended. Yeah. So people yeah. are like, ooh, they didn't say the Switch. What does that mean? So. Well, well the, okay. I, I love that some people conspiracy on, ooh, I'm like, yeah, Switch is six years old, and it was mm -hmm. not strong hardware when it came out. So, yeah, they are probably looking to make something better. Yeah. But also, since it's a 10-year deal, um, they can't say Switch, because it then, you know, Sony could poke a hole, and I was like, what if they do a new system? Right. It only says Switch in there. <laughs> right, right, um, right. I would, I would love it, and they would never do this, and I think Tom would agree um, with me is that I would love just so they can give the middle finger to Sony um, in this case. And I honestly don't care which way this goes. Some people are, are like dug in on either side of whether this deal should go through. But I, I just love the pettiness. And I would just love mm -hmm. for Microsoft to put Game Pass on the Switch. 
Um, <laughs> just, just as a big middle finger to Sony, going, well, oh, it, we I don't, don't share our games. It wouldn't mm. be Game Pass. It would be um, Pass X Cloud or whatever they're calling it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever it is. Just you know, just oh, they can play my first party Microsoft games on their Nintendo Switch. <laughs> well, a lot of people thought that, that was going to happen after the whole yeah. GoldenEye thing. Yeah, yeah, but it just, it just makes me laugh because. They have so many cards they can play. They just make Sony look dumb in their things, and um, yeah. But I don't know. I don't. I don't have a, a dog in this fight. I just. I just love pettiness when, when it occurs. Um, <laughs> well, we talked there. about this. We talked about this last episode. Yeah. Literally, one of you mentioned like they should make a deal with Nintendo, <laughs> yeah. and here we are, two weeks later. There's a deal with Nintendo. Yeah, so and sure they, they did the pettiness. whole thing where they had the press conference. Where they showed that uh, there are 58 Xbox exclusives on like PC and Sony, and there are only two Sony exclusives, um, and one of them was forced by Major League Baseball um, to do that. And yeah, all this stuff is just you know once they get the EU to fall in line, which I think this deal with Nvidia and Nintendo probably will get the EU or UK or whichever one the first domino to fall, and then the rest of them will just fall in line. Yeah, I think I think. Part of what Sony didn't understand by uh, they were trying to push to get a better deal for them. Obviously, it's their company, but all this discovery stuff that they had to make to do this stuff, um, I don't think they were anticipating. Um, and I think I think it might help Microsoft in the long run um, uh, in ways that we don't even know. Um, them getting a chance to look at stuff um, on on the uh, the internal side of Sony. Yeah, uh, but. Like I said before, like we said last episode, and I made this point, I don't think, as big as Call of Duty is, I honestly don't think Microsoft the company, maybe not Xbox, but I don't think Microsoft the company could give two shits whether Call of Duty is exclusive or not. They want Candy Crush, they want King, and they want to have that be exclusive to Windows, <laughs> you know, and, and, and maybe Android phones or something, you know, like, you know, they want that money. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they'll do whatever they have to do to satisfy Sony <laughs> to just be like, oh yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. But they're not going <laughs> to give like impurity or whatever it is like forever, yeah. right. um, call of duty on PlayStation. Cause deals don't work that way because yeah. you know, it, it also mostly protects Sony as well. If you do a 10 year deal, then if prices go up, you know, it helps Microsoft, but if price, if call of duty starts being terrible and the price comes down right. to have that contract, Sony saves money. So that's why they do they don't do contracts forever. Right. Um on there for that reason. But yeah, yeah I I just love all this petty stuff that's coming out as as I said the between them. And you know, I can hear the arguments on both sides. I just want Bobby Kotick to not have anything to do with employees of a video game company anymore. And hopefully Microsoft is um at worst, the same in terms of a company, but don't have a shithead at the at the top, um, like Bobby Kotick, um, and that works out for them. But I could care less of having Call of Duty on Game Pass and all. I couldn't care less about that. I would still buy it every year, as I have been. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, but it's 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 really good to see this stuff, and I feel good for you know if there's any you know Call of Duty gamers who you know bought the switch and you know because of economy stuff they can't afford a second system you know maybe they get back into it now because there hasn't been a call yeah. of duty on nintendo since ghost i believe yeah um, that was in the wii u 
yeah. So and Ghost was terrible. Um, I think that was the last one I played. Yeah, Ghost is really bad. Um, like as 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 poor as Vanguard was outside of I like the multiplayer a little bit. Um, a lot Ghost was just bad. Um, so it's nice that those people get that back. But yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I think we're gonna be refreshing this story every episode or every other episode until the deal goes through because something yeah. else is going <laughs> to come out. Yep. Um, yeah, it's gonna get juicier. I think. Yeah. yeah. So we'll. And I'm here for the tea. Yep. <laughs> the tea and the pettiness. Love it. Um, so our last story is about the PlayStation State of Play that happened. It was fairly short, and I've, I mean, we all talked about it. Shouldn't really be a main topic because you know we can oh. we can summarize most of it. Oh my um, God! They put a date on Goodbye Van Ca- Van Volcano High. <laughs> I can't even get it out. Oh my he's God! So yes, excited. he's so excited. He's. He I was so play. worried. This I I don't even know if this game's any good, but I loved I loved all the trailers and the art style and the game they were going for, and mm-hmm. I thought it was dead because it's, they have an. It's, up, it's just have, a da- it's a dating simulator, right? It's it's some weird music thing um, where you're a band and it's the end of high school and a meteor is coming to destroy Earth and the dinosaurs and it's wild and I really want to play it. Well, it's, um, it's a dating simulator slash rhythm game or something, right? Yeah, that's what it seems like, like a choice right. rhythm game. Right, right up my life is Strange Alley. Um, and yeah, I I had looked up, oh, I haven't heard from Goodbye Volcano High. I keep wanting to say Vancouver High. <laughs> um, Volcano High um, in a while and I looked up their Twitter account and their page and things hadn't been updated since like 21 mm-hmm. and I was like a oh long time. no <laughs> no the meteor hit early no, no. <laughs> and then when I saw that pop up I uh, using a wrestling term I marked out um, in my <laughs> I, office I wonder if you were the only one watching the state of play that freaked out about it yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh. I, like I said, I don't even know. Sure. No, me neither. I was <laughs> very confused as to the whole thing. I don't yeah. even know if it's any good. It was one of my favorite games when they first showed it at an E3, I believe. I remember um, that. You being so excited for it. It just looks so good. So, um, I don't, maybe this is a hot take, but I don't think, I think it, I don't get why they're dinosaurs. Like, I get the volcano aspect and that's the story. But, like, if they animated it as people, I feel like this game would have been better. That's, like, that's, that's I'm sorry part. to insult you. I know. Like, the music sounded cool from the little bit they showed in the game, the trailer. And it, like, we just said it's a choice game with, like, some rhythm built in. And it seems like a weird choice that they're dinosaurs. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe it'll work. I will say at the very end, there was a little Stegosaurus girl, and she was freaking adorable. So I'm here for her. <laughs> <laughs> if we see any gameplay, I will be here for her. I... Um, <laughs> I, I see this is I understand what you're saying, obviously. Yeah. But I think that's what attracted me to the game. Um yeah, is that it's different. It, it's different. that um that they had a different idea for characters than just making them human. Like, okay, uh, you know, personified dinosaurs, or I think it's the word for animals that act human. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, okay, this I, I can rock with this. The art style is great. It, um, it is pretty cool, the art style. That's why I kept yeah. thinking of Hi Fi Rush and how great that was, and thinking, like, if they were dinosaurs, would that have worked? <laughs> no, I mean, in most cases, but I'm just saying with the, the music, the, you know, being in high school, I've done enough yeah. high school video games between Life is Strange and, you yeah. know, you know, and, 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 you know, throughout 
the life most of those games take place there. Um, you know, uh, the whole, um, I forget, it wasn't a high school game, but like a night in the woods, which, that's animals too. Maybe there's something to this. Um, <laughs> We're finding but, things out. Yeah. No, no. Achievement, achievement not unlocked. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that was the thing is I love the art style. I love the idea of doing something that wasn't humans mm-hmm. as an interesting idea. It could suck. Absolutely, I'm giving that. that it, could be, it could be a terrible video game. <laughs> um, but I was excited, and I'm glad that it's getting made. Um, because I like, I like new ideas getting out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and new... I like people taking... I don't know if I said this on this podcast, or this is more of a thing I said on TC Tam, But I just love people taking big swings with mm-hmm. things. Um, like, Hi-Fi Rush is a big fucking swing. And they nailed it. Yeah. You know, a... A rhythm action game like Cryptid and Ecto Dancer, but not exactly like that, but a triple A level budget to it. And, you know, with this kind of snarky personality that felt very much out of the PS2 Dreamcast era. Mm. Um, and everything just worked, but it was a big risk, especially for Tango Gameworks of all places um, to do that. Um, so just the idea of this, I'm like, okay, you know, let, let's take this big swing. Let's, you know, you know, doing this and it could it could end up being a game where the fact that they're dinosaurs doesn't matter you start seeing them as like the personified characters right um you know and you start going oh like the cute stegosaurus or there might be like a really rad you know pterodactyl that shows <laughs> up or something yeah you know and it just doesn't matter anymore but i was real excited so i know there wasn't much in this state of play so i want to take up at least <clears throat> most of the time we're going to talk about it <laughs> talking about this game that I'm really excited about yeah. um and uh yeah i think most of the state of play was psvr2 stuff from what i remember it was way too much of it was psvr2 honestly i yeah. think it was like 15 minutes straight of just Agreed. vr stuff which is uh, whatever if you're into it great but all the games also seem kind of like exactly the same like the same kind of animation style, which I get there's a limitation to it right now because it's new technology still. But I don't know, none of it interested me really. So meh, I don't know. But yeah, like they showed um, the Destiny Lightfall trailer. Um, they showed Chia, which is a game inspired by New Caledonia. It looks very like Moana-esque, very pretty. Um, it looks like maybe you have some kind of power where you could link up with the animals that live on your island and you can kind of see the world through their eyes. Um, that looked like it could be interesting. I think it's one of their most anticipated games coming out in the beginning of the year, they were saying. Um, there was a game called Humanity, which I was so confused what was going on in the trailer. Some kind of like puzzle building game where you could share your levels with other people and it, see how they do. It I looked like Lemmings for the 21st century. It did, yeah. Yeah. There's like I guess you play as a dog or something. I don't know. It was confusing. You're, but... you're like hurting humanity. Right. Yes. And that's what it looks like. You're hurting them through the level somehow. There's which is why it reminded me of Lemmings. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, they do have a demo out apparently right now. If anyone's interested, I think you go to humanity.game and you could download it and play it. So I don't know. Um they had uh, Naruto Baruto Ultimate Ninja Storm connections. So basically, they're taking the Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm series um, and they're just connecting it all into one game. Uh, and they are saying, you know, we're adding new ninja characters and some newness in there. Um, 
Baldur's Gate, they showed gameplay of that. Um, uh, there's something called Wayfinder Beta. It kind of like first impression reminded me of Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. I don't know if you guys got that impression, like in terms of the graphics and the gameplay, like the little bit of gameplay that was shown and like the colors and everything. Um, I'd probably be down to play that because there's, uh, I think there's a, I don't know if, I think it's exclusively for PlayStation right now and it's available on both con consoles. I think starting within the next couple of days, if you sign up to be able to play it because it is the beta, I think that's what it was. Um, and I probably would be trying it out if I had a PlayStation that I could play it on right now. Um, so I don't know if you guys had any thoughts on that one. That one looked probably out of all of the random games that they were showing in the beginning, that one looked pretty interesting to me. Um, and then Street Fighter VI, they revealed some new fighters. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the two biggest things aside from Mark's dinosaur game is we saw some RE4 remake gameplay. And I kept waiting to hear Ashley's help, but they didn't do it, <laughs> which uh, might your, be a good thing. I don't know. Your voice was really high there because your gate picked it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably cut it out because it was like, oh, no, it's yeah. Ashley. Mute. <laughs> um, they, they didn't want to give anybody PTSD. Right. And I have Ashley PTSD from that game. Uh, but I'm excited for it. It's uh, coming out March 24th for both consoles. And I think they're going to be offering a demo soon. So again, I won't be able to play it, but I will be hoping that somebody will be streaming it so I could watch, I guess. Mark, do you think you're going to be getting it? I'm probably, I may be getting it, but I'm probably not going to be streaming it. Because um, I feel like those type of newer games, as you found out with Village, um, mm -hmm. very much brings out people that will just make you not want to play a video game anymore. Um, yeah. <laughs> it already kind of started already. Yeah. I started mentioning that I might play it on stream. Yeah. And uh, I was told that Dan would be better, a better choice to stream it. Oh, Jesus. So, yeah, maybe I won't stream it eventually. <laughs> we'll see. I love, I love Resident Evil. But yes, as I learned from Village, yeah. it's one of those things that, and Village was a brand new game. It wasn't yeah. like a remake where everyone already knows, you know, and still enough people knew how to do Village where it was like, duh, go there. Duh, look above your head. Duh, do this. And I'm like, hello, I've never played this before. You got to cut me some slack. Yeah. And so you, I, 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 think you, I think you misspoke. <laughs> I think you meant to say Tom, not Dan, would be a great choice to play RE4. Oh, yes, absolutely. That's what I meant. Well, the RE4, <laughs> I feel like, is a little different. I feel like RE4 is more of a an action game yeah than re2 was yeah there's not as much in terms of you know the, the survival horror scare stuff but it, it, yeah. it and, and uh control wise it's a much it's a better game maybe not as remake remake was much better than original re2 in terms obviously there were tank controls in original re2 but yeah, yeah those type of games like i've been trying to figure out like getting on a more um you know streaming schedule like this mike tyson thing you know, probably might invite some people, but I feel like that community is actually really good because mm -hmm. I've seen them on other people and they're very encouraging. And like that one guy told me what I was doing wrong in one of the fights um, instead oh, of nice. saying, you idiot. You're right. That's yeah. <laughs> constructive criticism. It's yeah. important people. Yeah. He like watched me fight and was like, oh yeah, you're missing one buffer punch that you have to do. And then I did it and it worked. And I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Right. But, um, Axie gaming sucks. And yeah. yeah. 
it's never really welcomed unless you're asking for help, you know. I, I'm glad that I could give two craps about while playing The Last of Us. Because mm. I'm literally playing that on easy just so I can talk to the chat. Right. Um, so I don't care if someone comes in, you, what are you doing? What are you taking so long? I'm like, right. I'm, I'm talking. Right, I, right. I, I, I'm not really, tr I beat this game three times already. I, it doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you have that. Even but, like when I was playing Alien Isolation on stream, that game is hard to stream because <laughs> you're also trying to hide from an alien that yeah. actively knows where you are at all times, depending on your difficulty level. It doesn't matter. It always knows where you are. Yeah. That game was tough. And then I had people who beat the game X amount of times years ago who are like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to stream it, talk to people, pay attention to the alien, learn how to play the game. Yeah, I think people so forget what it's like to play something for the first time and also maybe not even know what it's like to stream it at the same time. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, streaming stuff. Um, yeah. Which is why I always, as they say, give you your flowers for how good of a job you do with those horror games oh, um, on there. Um, because I try to do stuff and I'm just like, I, uh, oh, chat's been talking? Oh. <laughs> Um, yeah, but that's why Hi-Fi Rush was so great because it was the kind of game that nobody really played a lot. And the only thing was Jonathan was getting a little frustrated that I wasn't doing the, the, uh, timing run thing. I could tell, um, cause it, you, you like, if you hit the run button in Hi-Fi Rush to the beat, you go faster. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I wasn't doing that. I was just running regular. Oh. Um, and obviously he's, he's good about it and he'll be like, okay, he just, he's just not going to do it. I'm just not going to say anything. <laughs> Um, but there are people that doesn't, don't know me like Jonathan, um, you know, as Jonathan does know me, um, right. that might be a little mean. Um, and you know, it's just, I, newer games always perplex me if I want to play them on stream. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. and I think, I think that's why I was considering, you know, other stuff, but yeah, just seeing the RE4 stuff and thinking that'd be a good game to stream. I'm like, nah. It's gonna yeah. be too much. Back I've been on the fence about thinking about it. So yeah, it's gonna be a really good game. I might just want to play it on my own. Right. Um, I might at least get the first back. time. Yeah, I might even get it at launch. You know, just sort of like I did with RE2. Just wait a little bit um, yeah. and get it later um, because I've already beaten it. So it's not like I gotta know the story and not mm -hmm. be spoiled. Right. Um, That's a good point. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, that the whole state of play. Um, only reason dragging this out is because it was. Kind of a boring waste of time, 45 minutes, or 15 minutes, I'm sorry. You know, outside of me knowing that Goodbye Volcano High was still alive. <laughs> um, yeah. Which they could have just put out in a press release and I would have had the same reaction. <laughs> um, it, they didn't need to do a state of play um, to show it. Um, I guess they just saw the direct get such praise and were like, we got to put something out. Because mm. we just put PSVR 2 out. We got to show people their games. Yeah. Honestly, I didn't even know that it was happening until today, that it already happened. And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> like, I didn't even know this happened yesterday. Yeah, I, so I, I found it. Yeah. Yeah, I found I Only reason I found out is because I'm looking for that collector's edition for Tears of the Kingdom. And oh, I, have, yeah. I have Wario 64, um, which if you don't follow Wario 64 and you like to buy video games, follow Wario 64 mm -hmm. um, on Twitter. I have, like, his notifications pop up. Mm -hmm. um, and it popped up. I was like, oh, yeah, Sony State of Play at 1 p.m. Pacific time today. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. Yeah, he's, he's like, I wonder if they'll be talking about, you know, this. And they didn't. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, that, you know, they just dropped this basically out of nowhere and didn't really give you much. Yeah. Um, you know, the only other thing that they mentioned that was like big news 
I don't care about personally, but the Suicide Squad kill the Justice League game. Yeah. Harley Quinn. Oh my God. I know we've said this before, but horrible voice. That horrible. Harley Quinn is not good. Oh my gosh. And the premise of the game doesn't interest me. So I won't be playing it. I haven't actually asked Dan if he's interested, but um, I don't know how possible it would be if Superman was corrupted by an evil force to actually survive. Honestly, I don't know. But well, um, well, they've done the red kryptonite before in, you know, just yeah. You, if you want a long story, if, if you want a long story, you can ask Dan about. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he'll tell but, me all about the comics or whatever. But, but they've done it before, and it, it takes like I think it takes like a something special or Kryptonian or not well, someone else to. It's not just Superman; they're all corrupted. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I'm specifically saying like Superman himself would pretty much be impossible to count. Superman with all even the if powers. he was the only one. Right. Um, and I noticed like in the gameplay they showed Harley Quinn is essentially Spider-Man because she swings around everywhere. She's like an acrobat in this game. Yeah. Um, Captain she, Boomerang. She, yeah. What her, was that? Her, I said her character. I know she, they're doing the Spider-Man thing, but yeah. it, they're making it way too exaggerate it. Cause I saw the, you know, the trailers. Uh -huh. Um, but she does have the background of being a former gymnast. So doing mm -hmm. all the flips and stuff makes sense. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they're making her out to be this like. They're Ridiculous. like, you guys like Spider-Man. Let's make Harley yeah. Quinn Spider-Man. <laughs> Give her a worse voice. I, I hope yeah. it's not the same voice actress as Arkham Asylum, which I don't think it is. Because that Harley idea. Quinn was really good. Um, yeah. you, know, there's, you know, there's been three Harley Quinns and they've all had different types of voices and they all got it correct in terms mm -hmm. of how much to lean into the accent. Yeah, um, this one's know, Mar too much. Yeah, Margot Robbie's is good. Um, even though she leans a little bit too much into it, probably because she wants to mask the Australian accent. Mm -hmm. um or news she's australian right not new zealand I, um, i'm not sure honestly yeah but um one of those two accents down there mm -hmm. and then um you know kaylee kirko um doing it for the uh, the series um on yeah, hbo hers max is good. and hers is pretty good the best uh one tangent on this the best part about that is when she goes home to visit her parents in long island and the or staten island whatever she and it just the accents get thicker <laughs> when she's there when she's with her parents that's really funny and it was really good um <laughs> so it was like like that's a good harley quinn like th yeah. those three but this one everything i've seen i'm like Ugh. it just is very grating and like you said leans way too much into the accent um yeah. and i also noticed like captain boomerang kind of seems like an iron man type character because he has an arm blaster and like can hover around now yeah. It's just, it's, it's, I don't know what they're doing. They're just trying to, I guess, make the characters more unique because you're playing as them instead of the heroes. Um, yeah, because you would only want to play as like two or three of them. Right. So they're trying to make it, um, you know, appealing. And I think I, the one cool thing I think is that they allow for solo play where you have bots filling your teammates yeah. that you don't have kind of like left for dead offers. But you can switch between whichever character you want to be mid-game. Like if you're like, oh, Harley Quinn would be better in this part. And I've been playing as like Deadshot. So I'm going to switch now. Like it lets yeah. you do that, which is nice. So it's like solar, yeah. solo player friendly. Yeah, that's very much sounds like the Avengers thing, um, which is funny comparing it to the Avengers. Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it, I just hope that they fix the thing that it took the Avengers six months to fix. Is that if you went into a mission... And there was like a secret location that could be opened by one of the AI characters that the AI character now does what it needs to do to open the secret location uh, for the first six months of that game. It wouldn't do it. Like there was, oh, this, that's stupid. there was this place where Hulk, 
you know, would bust through a door and there was like mm -hmm. secret stuff in there. And I had, I was playing as Black Widow because I really mm -hmm. love Black Widow in that game. Um, just because she's the one that has like the least amount of powers is more just like a beat em up. Yeah. Um, and I had the Hulk with me and I'm like tapping the door, like, <laughs> yeah, do it. Let's go. <laughs> He's like, I can't. I am an AI. Yeah. And it just wouldn't do it. And then they, they patched it like six months later and now mm -hmm. they can do it. But I hope they figure that out that if you're doing, you have AI teammates that, if there's a secret area that requires those teammates, they, they need to help you out. But, yeah. But yeah, that, um, is there any other stories or? That was pretty much it. That was the, I think the last thing they showed was Suicide yeah. Squad and delved into it a bit, but I think that's like their big, that's yeah. their like, you know, their main event that they're leaning on right now. So yeah, that, I don't know. And that brings us to, um, well, before we transition, I will mention one thing that has come out in the news in the last couple weeks that, don't need to deep dive into, but apparently this E3 is going to be a clusterfuck um, <laughs> because both Sony, all, Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo are not going to be on the show floor. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what's going to be there. <laughs> Konami? I don't know. Um, Square. Yeah. Square. I was going to say Square. Yep. <laughs> I don't know who's going to be there. So Square Nintendo just announced apart. that like two days ago that they weren't going to, or maybe even today. Um, the time is up, you know a flat circle or condensed yeah. or whatever um, at this point. But yeah, that's crazy. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, that that's just good that I don't have to worry about press conferences in or yeah. show floor stuff in June. I can just schedule the press conference um, yeah. since they'll be probably not all the same weekend. And uh, Jeff Keighley just keeps like, like diving into his uh, Scrooge McDuck coin vault um, <laughs> as he, as his summer games fest will now get some exclusives. Yeah, um, that's true too. <laughs> um, anyway, the per the segue from the last story um, mm -hmm. is that um, we thought we did a little discussion on one of the main things from uh, Suicide Squad game is they mentioned that it will be always online, uh, meaning that you will need an online connection to even play solo. Yeah, which I'm not sure. Thinking about it, since we made this topic, I'm not sure if that was also the Avengers did the same thing. I don't think so, but I could be wrong. Um, I think you could play the solo campaign, you know, w you know, without being online. But if you wanted to have like a friend help you, obviously you need to be online. But well, isn't isn't Suicide Squad only single player? No, no you so you can play with friends, or you could play by yourself. Okay. Yeah, but you have to have an online connection to do. Either one. Yeah. So for all those places that like have cap limits, I don't know if there's going to be downloading um, involved with the game um, or anything or places that just have terrible internet to begin with. I don't know if that's going to be affected while you're playing solo. Um, I don't know if like those AI bots are like from a cloud server, but um, just hearing that got me thinking like, I know we all play different types of um, online games, um, but uh, I just thought we'll have a little discussion here because there wasn't much going on um, this time of year without rehashing stuff we've already talked about um, in terms of, you know, Microsoft Activision stuff, but um, going on in the news. But, you know, what what are your thoughts on, you know, forcing a game to be online? Um, do you see any benefits to it? Um, because I heavily lean one way, but I can see some things, but um, I'm interested to in what you guys think. Um, I also, I feel the same, like I heavily lean one way, but I also looked into the benefits 
on the other end. Um, I'm always annoyed that in order to play some games, even in solo mode, you are required to be connected to the internet. Um, and for me, most of the time, I am affected by this when I'm traveling, specifically like on an airplane where I really don't want to have to pay for Wi-Fi to play a yep. game that I have on my device uh, or use data from my phone hotspot. But, you know, like I kind of have to if I really want to play. Um, but like this topic got me thinking how in reality I'm fortunate enough to almost always have a reliable Internet connection. But there's a ton of people who this really affects negatively. Um, and like I've looked, like I said, I've looked into the reasoning behind this. And the biggest excuse that I could find from the gaming company's perspective is that constantly being connected to the Internet is an anti-piracy measure. Um yep. It's such and bullshit. It is. <laughs> it's, such it's, bullshit. it's like game companies are fully relying on the assumption that someone was going to pirate their game. It's going to be like, hmm, well, you got me. I guess I'll buy it. When in reality, they're really leaving out a ton of people who have purchased their game instead of pirating it and genuinely can't play it sometimes because they don't have a reliable internet connection. Um, and like thinking about people who live in areas where there isn't, you know, like I've gone to travel to go see friends in Colorado and where we were staying, there was like barely any internet at all. I'm like, people live here. Like they can't play this game here. Um, and there are places where like, it's not really common to have Wi-Fi in your home. Like some countries, you know, like they have it in public places or in your library. And it's just like a lot of people are being forced out of playing these kinds of games because of this, which is unfortunate. Um, another excuse, if a game is subscription-based, it needs a constant connection in order to confirm that your subscription is valid before they apply updates. And sometimes there are like daily updates that occur. And that's more acceptable to me. But the majority yeah. of games aren't run like this. So yeah. like most of it still defaults back to anti-piracy as the main excuse. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Jumping off that, um, yeah. I, I, I'm 100% in agreement with you. Like those were two of the big things I had was, you know, obviously... Always online is something, um, hell, it almost took down an entire console um, uh, back in 2013. But um, the yeah. idea of needing it for, you know, subscription games, obviously, I get it. If someone's paying yeah. $12 a month, you don't want, and obviously, when you're playing games like that, you're playing it with other people um, for the most part. I mean, I guess you could solo things in Final Fantasy, you know, 14. Right. And, but it's and an MMO. Like, it's, it's an MMO. Yeah. You still need the other people around or else the thing would be empty. Right, it would um, be a dead game. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I understand for that stuff. And you, when you buy the subscription, you understand that going in. Sure, um, right. With that. But right. a game like Suicide Squad, where it's literally, you can't, in some cases, or games like that, you like literally might not be able to play the game at all. And if you weren't up on the news, you would pay, you go, oh, I love Suicide Squad. I love DC Comics. You know, yeah. and buy this game and then have no idea you can't play it. That's terrible. Uh, Can you, you know, like, ugh, gross. You know, and at least, like, with the subscription games, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff when you go to sign up for it going, hey, you know, you need an internet connection. Yeah. But, you know, that's strong enough. You know, test your internet here in some cases. You know, they, they, they have that in there for some of that mm -hmm. stuff. I think Genshin um, has something with that. Um, but but normally, it's, it's either free-to-play games, which obviously you're not spending any money. Um, to play it, so that's fine. But it's it's it, it gets real gross when these companies charge you know to buy the game up front. Um, 
and then make it always online. I believe Destiny was like that, Tom. Um, well, the original. Well, yeah, Destiny's always both Destinies are always online. Mm-hmm. But the first um, one, the second one, turned became like free, right? Eventually, it became free. But yeah. the first Destiny, you paid six, You you paid once. You didn't have to pay monthly. Uh, they also didn't have the same type of upgrade structure that that Destiny Two has with seasons and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but for like Destiny being always online made sense because it's basically an MMO style game, right? Uh, where you can just jump in and play with whoever's online, and it actually works out really well for a game like that. Uh, but I can think of like you know three other op three other games that it doesn't work because they're single player games that had no need to be always online. Um, the first one that comes to mind is the, the last Sim city that they put out. Yeah. That had yep, to be always bad. online for, for DRM and it broke the game completely. Yeah. Like you couldn't, you had to have an internet connection to play it, which at the time, I think it was 2014, 2013, something like yeah. that. Again, not everybody has an internet connection all the time, especially like people who were buying them, buying games like that at the time, because they were still on DVDs. Yeah. So that I can think of. Uh, Diablo three also had a huge issue with being always online and was broken on launch and for weeks or months before they fixed it um there was one more that i can't think of off the top of my head right now yeah i'll, I'll jump in while you think of that um one of the faces where i think the middle ground for if you oh, want to do i know some, what it was yeah <laughs> tony hawk 5 the game oh sucked, yeah but you had to be you had to be online to play it oh yeah silly. forgot about that the game was the game so tony if, if you've never heard seen or played tony hawk 5 it's by far the worst tony hawk game of all time but you had to be online to play it uh for some stupid reason because they wanted you to interact with other skaters at the same time while you're going through your your career or whatever but like it's especially like if you try to load that up now there would be nobody on it it'd just be you yeah and it it's just it was that and it, when in the beginning the servers couldn't handle that many people being online, so it ran like shit. Like it ran like under thirty frames per second all the time because if you had too many people in one level, it wouldn't run well. So yeah. that's a game that makes zero sense to have uh, always online. Yeah, and then what I was going to say the 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 good like uh, the one thing I've seen that's like a good balance of this. Um, and not forcing you to be online, but offering you features, like if you're playing solo for things, for being always online. Um, I'm thinking specifically in like the EA Sports stuff. Um, if you uh, want to be connected online, obviously they give you, you get, you get EA Sports levels or whatever that allows you to unlock things in the game um, that can help your franchise and, and things like that. Um, especially if you're not playing Mutt or anything. Um, and or they can say, hey, we can save your game in the cloud, you know. So if your hard drive breaks, you know, your game is always, you know, mm-hmm. you know, saved here. Uh, but you can also go offline, uh, but everything is saved locally. Like right. a choice. Right. Um, and I'm like, that's a good way to handle single player stuff. It's like give the option. Like like if if 
somebody, and it's not even like, I know we're talking about, like, internet connections, you know, obviously in some parts of the world, you know, internet's not available widely, but even in, like, the United States, like, the center of the country, you know, if you're not around Google Fiber places, Mm -hmm. you know, very limited, slow connections, and you can't play some of these games, even solo, you know, when you're not worried about lag with a player or your or your ping or anything like that right. um because of this or data caps and you know where the, your internet provider will start charging you yep. if you download too much like everything like that it just makes it gross for games like suicide squad and and stuff like that um that are forcing solo games to be always online um, yeah it's, it's like some places haven't learned their lesson it's 10 years since don matrix you know, was like, hey, Xbox One will always be online, but if you uh, have tough connections, there's a system called the Xbox 360 for you. Ugh. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that's what it feels like. You know, you think like 10 years, I know pirate, it comes from the idea that uh, people think piracy is much more rampant than it is in the video game market. I think there are a lot more people, especially in the console game, that don't really want to go through the trouble to be able to play pirated games um, because there's a lot of extra steps Mm -hmm. (laughs) and these systems are $500. Um, At this this point, honestly, it's probably easier to just purchase a game. Yeah. Then like you go through the same amount of effort and time and money to pirate a game than you, that you did to buy it. Right. Yeah. And mainly the thing is, you know, DRM stuff, which can fuck up things. We fucked up my FIFA 23 for months on my PC because EA mm-hmm. Sports cheat engine is a piece of shit. <laughs> um, and it's mainly because people are cheating, you know, Ultimate Team uh, because that's where the money is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and EA doesn't want to lose that money. Um, you know, it is, is essentially, you know, they're worried about, they're being too lazy about cheating in games. Like, instead of trying to figure something out that, you know, like, they can use for when, just when people are online. Yeah. Like, just when you're online, this cheat thing kicks in. This anti-cheat thing kicks in. Um, They go, nope, it's going to be for everything. Just so, you know, it makes it easier for us. Because they're thinking about their wallet first and foremost. Like, we're losing money if someone pirates, so we're going to only focus on this. Yeah. And, um... And I would love in our Twitter feed, if we're wrong about some of this stuff, let us know. Because yeah. obviously we're not experts. We're not, you know, in the gaming industry or developers or anything. And um, we only know what we read. Jen did some extra research, um, you know, on this for stuff. Um, and, you know, just found found what they the industry does say um, and just our experiences playing through stuff. But if yeah. you have some kind of... You know, going, actually, this, like, don't do an actually while pushing your glasses up. Like, dick <laughs> move. Um, but, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, but if it's like, oh, you know, I understand where you guys are coming from, but it's actually this X, Y, and Z, right? you know, is, is why. And we can go, oh, okay, we get it now. Right, um, it makes us feel better. <laughs> yeah, it's the constructive criticism thing Jen was talking yep, about earlier. Exactly. Um, instead of just being upset. And we and I at least I know me personally, and I don't think Tom and Jen are any different. Um uh, really care if we're wrong, you know. And like not saying we're just gonna say hot takes to mm-hmm. be wrong, but like if we think have an opinion on something and you can point out to us with evidence and things like, nope, you're wrong because of this, this, and this, and we're like, oh, okay. 
Like, yeah, we're not like, gonna, we're, we're not going to double down. So right. feel free to to come to the come to the Twitter if, if if you know some things. Yeah. If anything, on this topic specifically, it would make me feel better about it, knowing like, <laughs> oh, there was this other reason, you know, why this is a thing. Like that makes so much sense now. I don't feel, you know, yeah. icky about it. <clears throat> but yeah, it's it, it it. But as much as we're sitting out there and leaving this little opening, uh-huh. um, it, there's probably opening. nothing there. You know, yeah. it's just capitalism, baby. Yeah, um, it is. You know. <laughs> I mean, another capitalism actually, is always the villain. Yeah, yeah it honestly it it feels a lot like capitalism, also because you know, a lot of these games that are always online, what do they have? They have a storefront and they have yeah. a battle pass. Yeah. So if you're not online, how could you access the storefront? How could you access the yes. battle pass to give us your money? And it's there for you, so maybe you're gonna you're gonna buy something today. And in the so. most cynical, terrible <laughs> thing that I'm gonna say here, they or it might be truthful. If you can't afford a constant internet connection or a good internet connection, mm-hmm. they don't care about you because you wouldn't spend money on the extra stuff that they provide anyway. So they're like, yeah, whatever. We lose what ten thousand people because of this. We have like a million concurrent players, like. It's a shame to say, but that's like yeah. I said, that's capitalism, you know, essentially. Yeah, it's like, yeah, they're looking yeah, at we concurrency. can sacrifice those people. We don't really, you know, it doesn't hit our numbers yeah, as well because we got these, we got these whales, you know, over here to use an old mobile term, um, you know, that are spending, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars on right. skins. Like or, that one person that I remember a million years ago, we talked about that guy who paid. And broke a hundred thousand dollars or something to like win a game and then and he, broke it because no one else could compete with him because yeah yeah because he was so high up yeah no one could play on his level so he just couldn't play yeah yeah you know you got these people that'll spend you know six figures on things and it's not even anything to really help the game it'll just be like in some fighting games or whatever it's just oh i need something to make the boobies look bigger <laughs> you know and yep. you know they get <laughs> they get that money from those people, and they could care less about, you know, is Sam in Kansas who can't play their game because his mom can only afford, you know, the low tier of, of, of you know, Xfinity Internet, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's just sad. Um, and one of the reasons why I thought this topic would be good is just it's one of the pervasive things that if there's a place for always online um, gaming. Um, like we said, subscription-based is I can understand it. It's not great, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, it still locks people out, um, yeah. but at least the people that are in know going in. Right. Yeah. You know why they're being locked out, and when it's free to play, it's fine as well to me because hey, people aren't paying anything to play the games. If they figure out they can't play it because of the internet, they can just move on to something else, mm-hmm. and they're not out like part of their weekly paycheck that right. they might need it for something else. I hadn't even, when you said that, I hadn't even thought about that. Like the people who might not be up on the fact that this game is only available if you have a consistent online connection. That's really unfortunate to spend $70 and then be like, oh, I can't play this actually ever. If, if Xbox at the time and Don Matrix weren't such morons, they could have gotten away with the always online. They, you know, just needed to grovel a little bit, you know, because there are still people that I've talked to and friends I know um that have talked to older people and when i say older with our ages it's like maybe 10 years older than us mm-hmm. um we're not like talking about like late boomers or anything 
but they go, oh yeah, Xbox, that's the console where you always have to have an internet connection, right? You know, even though that right. hasn't been a thing for 10 years, you right. know? So obviously there's one people, people that wouldn't know about Suicide Squad um, yeah. and just go, you know, buy it for their kid or something. Yeah. You know, there's always that aspect, but yeah, I think it's a, it's a tough thing the industry's going to, and it, it's just, I don't see them not doing it unless if there's the big backlash um, like Xbox faced and they lost an entire console generation because of it. Right. Um, but, you know, for video games, it's like a studio goes out of business, which means people lose their jobs who probably had no input in the decision to make it always online. Um, and that's always the sad part about specific games doing it. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know if you guys have any other uh, thoughts on the topic. No, mm-hmm. just, you know, if your game doesn't need to be always online, don't fucking make it always online. Right. Yeah. Unless it's like an MMO or something. Yeah. It just feels scummy to have to always be online. Yeah. 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 Or if it's if it's a multiplayer only, obviously. Right, right, right. But, yeah. Like Dead yeah. by Daylight always has to be online. I get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you know, even though the and, and the solo play is just training. I, I think I think I think what is it, VHS that had the bots? Uh, both of them have bots, but you still like can't access Dead by Daylight because you still have to be on their servers to be playing with bots. Yeah. Okay. I, I yeah. thought it was one of those things where Dead by Daylight was just training, and nope. You know, the other one was was different. No. Nah, Either way, if you don't have a connection, you can't even boot the game up. Yeah, I figured that out with Dead by Daylight when yeah. we tried to play it the one time, which I can now that I'm hardwired. Nice. I You're should back. be able to jump back in with you and not be. <laughs> Not be like teleporting, right? Um, yeah, rubber banding everywhere. <laughs> um. So yeah, yeah. So like I said, if you have any thoughts, feel free to come to the Twitter at Game Vault Pod, um, or if you want to discuss it during one of our streams, you know, we're okay. we're always here to talk um, about about you know things that we talk about on the podcast. You know, it's mostly why we do retro roulette the day of the podcast release. Um, for that reason, but yeah, yeah. So. Moving on, speaking of Retro Roulette, um, this week was uh, a game that I hadn't played since the it came out and didn't realize how much like nostalgia cloud there was for me. Um, this week's game was Grand Theft Auto 3 for the PlayStation 2. Um, and what I mean by that is my nostalgia glasses for that game have clouded over how sparse that game is in terms of cars and people. Um, and just because of the time period it came out, like my, I think in my head, all old GTA games before five, um, you know, meaning Vice City, uh, San Andreas 3, all that, um, just look like four and have all the great things that four had in it. Um, and this game quickly taught me that is not true. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very hard to find a car. I think there were only six cars in the game that I found. Um, and there were way too many cops on the street every time I tried to, you know, steal a car. Um, so it feels, it feels like that game was very much on taking a car and then keeping it in your garage, um, yeah. more than the other games have been. Um, well, you gotta, but, you gotta put yourself in the mindset here. It's 2000, 2001, 2001. Yeah. And... That's what I meant. The nostalgia goggles. Of you know, well, it's not only nostalgia goggles, but it's kind of the like the like the Citizen Kane thing. Yeah. Like this, this game did all of the things that every other game now does. Yeah. So yeah. 
it's hard to go back to a game that has been copied so many times. That's true. Because it's because it seems it seems less good because someone else copied it a hundred other times. I, I will say the mission structures were better than obviously GTA one and two. Um oh, by you know, four. with the top, you know. That that was so much easier to get into the game. Um and uh, speaking of accents, Jen, um they very much were going for that New York, you know, mob accent. Uh, <laughs> not a borough specific accent from what I could tell, but I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it just felt like like uh, accents they've heard in mob movies, essentially. Kind of yeah. like Steven Seagal's Brooklyn accent in Out for Justice. It was like, I've seen The Godfather once and I'm going to talk like Marlon Brando. That's <laughs> my uh, inspiration. <laughs> oh, where's Richie? Um, <laughs> I can't do it as well as Ant. Um, <laughs> Ant basically just talks like his dad and it sounds yeah, great. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we wanted him to do the entire podcast in the accent, but. You know, I was hoping he was going to. Yeah, so we, but we all agreed um, that it would have it would have gotten old quickly. Um, but yeah, the I like so far the introduction to the game. Um, the, the 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 opening still confuses me a little bit. What exactly is going on? You get like broken out of prison or something, um, but I can't figure out why you're in prison, or maybe I just missed that whole um, thing um, with that um, because I was trying to set up for the stream. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just being into, like, this guy you escape from prison with knows the mob, gets you set up with jobs, and you just, as you do good, you, you know, gain trust. And I'm like, that's a very simple gaming concept and works very well. Um, and the characters seem interesting enough um, and uh, for the time period and the limitations they have on some things. Um, yeah, the game, the game felt, you know, its age. And like Tom said, it's been repeated so much and done better so much um, that playing going back here um, was tough. But, you know, I could see myself if I really wanted to, um, you know, just going through and finishing it again because it was very it wasn't tough. You know, the missions were very obvious after I figured out the driving because it was very slippery. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed that. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was hard to control. <laughs> Yeah, once you figured that out, you know, some of the missions. And the other thing was, as I think Tom pointed out on the stream, this was one of those games that came with a paper map. (laughs) Yeah, that would be helpful. (laughs) Um, Because I couldn't figure out how to access a big map um, on the game. There there is none. Yeah. So it takes memorization if you don't have the paper map, uh, which again shows its age. But besides that, um, I think it's it's enjoyable. It's it's one of those things where I get in arguments all the time. Um, I've had them on this podcast with certain other people um, that if if you're going to get into a GTA game and that and you've played five and you're like, all right, what's the other one to play? I would send them the four because they're those GTA three, while probably really great stories, they people that have just played five will get frustrated very easily um, with the old style of gameplay. Um, but for somebody that has played through, played all the games from one, um, you know, that frustration once I got back in that mindset, um, still, still a really good game. And maybe, maybe younger generations will surprise me, but I always think you go for the, the version that got it right the first time completely. Um, and in this case would have been four, but three is such a good time capsule. Um, I don't know what your, your thoughts are again. 
Uh, so Grand Theft Auto 3 feels very much like a continuation of Grand Theft Auto 2, but in three dimensions. And what I mean by that is that it doesn't really have an overarching story. It's kind of just mission based. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I, it's I not. Don't, I don't know what you're talking about, Tom. That that one girl is just looking to have sex with that one guy and constantly put off no matter how many days pass. Um, when you go in to get missions from him. <laughs> but yeah, so in later games, even in, um, what's it called? Grant in Vice City, there's an overarching story. Um, and that, that plays in the background all the time. And it's much more cinematic. Whereas Grand Theft Auto three itself, you kind of just get broken out of prison and then you start working for the mob. And I'm sure there's a, I've never beaten the game. So I'm sure there's a, a uh like a culmination at the end but during the game you're just kind of doing missions which is why i feel like it's an extension of grand theft auto 2 just in three dimensions um but that being said it doesn't make it not fun it's very fun but there's there's definitely stuff that would not fly today like not having a mini map or a full-size map in the game um it is very sparse, but again, it's a it it was a very early PS2 game, so you can't be too hard on it. Mm-hmm. It it did some things that other games have 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 since done, uh, like the radio. Something you don't think about. No game before this had a radio like that in the game, where they had real music playing, or they had the fake talk show playing all the time that was actually funny. Yeah. Um, and you know, like. They didn't figure out how to use the right analog stick yet, but they did allow. But one thing I will say is they did allow you to look around with the right analog stick, but you had to stop moving to do it. It did. It did enough for it to be passable. Yeah, it wasn't quite as as good as it should have been, but it was it was on the right track for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's hard to go back to a game that created a genre. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Jen, mm-hmm. for me, I had never played this game. I started out with four. Um, so I I was looking forward to it because I remember how much I did not enjoy two. <laughs> so I was like, obviously, this is going to be better than that. And I thought it was fine. Um, you know, it would have been nice to have an expandable, you know, mini map, like something that I could see where I'm supposed to go once it goes beyond the bubble that I could see. Um but like you guys said, like I, I can appreciate it for what it is. It was simple in its concept. Um, you know, like I accidentally clicked through part of the beginning storyline, but I think it was like um, your brother. I don't know if it's your brother's gang. I forget exactly, but like it's your brother's gang and you left. You came back because your mom got killed and you want to like seek vengeance for her and like rejoin your gang. And like you guys said too, it's just, it's mission based and you earn respect and there's some basic you know like you got to eat every once in a while or you're gonna become really thin and your stamina is not going to be good and you need stamina um in order to like run away from people and and altercations and stuff but the driving was a little rough but it was okay like you just had to get the hang of it um so yeah for what it was i think it was fine and i agree like i i remember when i started playing four loving the fact that you could change the radio. I was like, this is so cool. And like you said, <laughs> it's just such a little thing, but it's it's so appreciated for some reason. Um, 
and like the funny little like the banter between the you know the npcs with each other is stupid and, and funny and it just it's great it makes it it makes it even better um yeah i i had a fun time playing it um i was just going along with going along with the storyline um i didn't really wander around too much i did in like the first mission when you're coming back from your mom's funeral and there's a drive-by um and you have to like jump on your bikes because the car blows up <laughs> so you jump on your bikes and i didn't realize i mean i i think i think you had ridden your bike once before that i think i don't remember yeah. But you get on the bike and like you make that first turn and a car just like straight up ran me over and I died. <laughs> I was like, what? And then it restarts you and I came out of the hospital and I had to run like across the entire city to get home to restart the whole thing. So I was like, oh, OK, now I see what we're doing here and got to practice a little bit on the driving part. But yeah, it was it was fine. I had fun with it. And I feel like if I had gotten this game when it came out, I would have enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have the nostalgia, but I did enjoy it overall. Yeah, I agree with the point Tom um, was making too, um, which I'm glad you had the perspective of the thing I was talking about, you know, where, you know, you played four and you were just expecting a little bit more out of this. Mm -hmm. um, but, but what Tom was saying was essentially, you know, this is the game that started the genre of this. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of things this game gets wrong. Um, that obviously improves elsewhere, but if you can just get your head into mindset, like even Vice City and San Andreas do it better, um, you know, as spinoffs, but the, I haven't played the original in so long. But yeah, essentially this game comes down to, you know, um, them just doing one of two things, in my opinion, and I don't know what your guys' thoughts on this are. The first is they dipping their toes and telling a long, like, story with cutscenes and stuff like that mm -hmm. um, in it and trying to make it seem like some kind of crime drama um, thing um, and two you know figuring out you know how to do the mission structure because I think part of it they were still stuck in that whole um, find a phone from the first two uh, games yeah missions so trying to translate that to a 3d game I think they've gotten better um, obviously well, going forward about that this is also pre everyone having a cell phone. Yeah. So they kind of had to do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So th this was the beginning of that, seeing a num name on the screen and going to there and knowing the missions and all that. Right. Um, and, you know, they're working some of the kinks out. Um, mm -hmm. At least this one doesn't have a cousin asking you to go bowling all the time <laughs> um, in it. Uh, but, you know, that was also an experiment of like having characters interact with you outside of the story. Yeah. Um, that this game didn't have, mm -hmm. but yeah, it was another one of those things. I say, I, 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 like I said earlier in the podcast, um, one of the reasons I liked this as a kid, besides being a dumb kid and going, huh, you can run over people. <laughs> um, you know, um, is that I, I, even as a younger kid thinking back to the games that I loved, um, without constantly thinking of it, if a game takes a big risk, you know, I will, I will check it out. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and this game took a big risk. Cause like I said, I had played the first two games. Um, and there's like 3d, I'm like, ah, yeah, let me try Those other games are great because, you know, doing the butthead, huh, you can run over people. <laughs> um, you could do that in the first game, but it didn't look great cause it was top down. Right. Um, and you know, we didn't do on the stream, the putting in the old guns code and just going nuts, <laughs> um, which I don't think would be as fun in this game and fun's a bad word to use. 
but I think I think you get what I'm saying. Yeah, um, is that there's not enough people in cars around to right. make it interesting um, to do that. I think Vice City might be the first one where that is like interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm glad we played it because especially for someone uh, like you, Jen, that sort of had the bookend idea of playing a top down and then yeah, playing right. four. Yeah, um, <laughs> seeing where the transition happened. Um, yes, and, and playing Vice cool. City. You played yeah. probably the best version of this section of, of GTA. Yeah, for um, sure. But yeah, yeah, I thought I, I, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know if you guys have any final thoughts or we should move on with score. I think I think it's really cool, like you said, to have played two and three and four because they're so different. But you see the um, the growth that the game has gone through to become what it is now. And I also realized there are two probably and correct me if i'm wrong anybody there are two kinds of gta players there's the players who get immersed in the storyline and there's the players who just want to run around and fuck shit up and they don't give a crap about the (laughs) missions and i think i lean towards that person (laughs) but i enjoyed the missions in this game so yeah for what it was it was fun yep i agree i Mm -hmm. i i i thoroughly enjoyed it i didn't think after playing gta 2 i was a little worried that this one would not hold up as well, but I think it held up pretty well. So yeah, yeah. So right. I um we'll start with scores. Um, we'll go around um uh, like we just did. Um, Jen, what what's your score? Uh, I'm gonna give this game. I'm gonna give it like a three point eight. I'm sorry to do that. <laughs> I don't want to give it like a solid four, but I don't want to give it a three and a half because that seems too harsh. Um, it just. If, you know, it was going through a transition. Like we said, it was figuring things out. Some things could have been better than it was, but it improved a ton from the second one to this one. Um, and it's, it's, I could totally get the nostalgia that you guys have for it. Um, it's, it's a little gem of a game. And I think it holds up enough where someone potentially could, you know, take a step back and try it out and be like, oh, this is cool. I, I see where my roots are. You know what I mean? In a good way. It's not like, you know, going back to it and being like, oh, God, what the hell is this trash? So I think I think it was a fun game. Um, so, yeah, three, three point eight for me. Yeah. So, Tom, um, I think I got to give it a four, even the, even though other games have done better stuff. I think a four is a good spot for it just because it, it created so many things for other games to, to uh, build off of. Yeah, so, it's hard to rate, honestly. It's it's hard because it's not a it's not a seven, right? But it's not an eighty, <laughs> right? It's it's tough. This is maybe the toughest rating decision I've had to make in a long time, at least. <laughs> so yeah, I, it's it's like a, if we were going out of ten, it'd be like seven and a half. Yeah, yeah, but, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll stick with Tom too. I'm going with a four. Like I think we're all hovering around four. Yeah, so somewhere we could in, all just say four. It's fine. Between no, between seven and eight. Like if yeah. we were in a ten point scale, right? You know that's where we're all landing here. And I think the main reason you're not really confident in going for four, and I don't mean to put words in your mouth or anything, but if this had a a big map, um, you know, and little like quality of life stuff, um, that this is missing, I could see those point two points being yeah, bumped sure. up to make it yeah, a four. Yeah. Um, it would have been an easier decision for yeah. me. Yeah, because a lot of the quality of life stuff is one of the reasons why I keep it from a four and a half and all because. Mm-hmm. I just really enjoyed the simplicity of the um, the quest system. You know, I know yeah. it's it probably job is probably a better way to describe it in this game, but 
Sure. Um, you know, the quest system um, in terms of outside of I, I the one thing I dislike in any GTA game, and especially this one because you're so limited, um, is the time limit one um, where you you can't go to someone's place outside of these hours. Um, like Joey, I think if you missed 2100, you had to wait till like 8 a.m. Um, to get back there mm-hmm. uh, to get a mission from them. Um, and that stuff, that stuff stinks in, in a game like this um, because when Joey is the only mission um, on the board, you basically just have to drive around <laughs> for, yeah, for whatever it. amount of time it is. <laughs> At least they fixed that in 4 and 5 where there's other things to do right. outside of the main missions to kind of waste your time. Yeah. Like you could go play darts or you could go bowling with Roman um, <laughs> if you want to um, until the time limit's up. But yeah, yeah, I think I think four is a good solid score because all the rest of the GTA mainline ones, even some of the like, you know, you know, Vice City and, and all that all fall between the four and the five for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this just I wish it had some of the the the, U, the better quality of life UI stuff. But um, yeah, that was that was a good one. We haven't had we haven't had one like that. That was both something I haven't played in a while and played and and. You know, was old enough that there might be a generation listening to this podcast that have never even seen it yeah. or touched it. But uh, yeah, so Tom, let's spin that wheel. Right. Well, uh, it is February. I know it hasn't felt like it out there um, <laughs> for people, so I think it's very appropriate that uh, we uh, got this game, Tom. It's. Uh, uh, Slitstorm for the PlayStation 1. Why don't you let our listeners know what this game is all about? So this is like a mix between... It's kind of like ATV Off-Road Fury before ATV Off-Road Fury, but it's all snowmobiles. Uh, it's it's like a mix between ATV Off-Road Fury and 1080 Snowboarding, if that makes sense. Okay. Mm, okay. So you can do tricks on your snowmobile. You can... I'm pretty sure you can punch... And, and like hit other characters so it's road rash got it kind of <laughs> yeah but it's got an awesome soundtrack it's like typical like late 90s electronica so it, what you're saying is we should delete the vibe right after monday yeah probably <laughs> i'm pretty sure dragula isn't is is in one of the like a remix of dragula is one of the songs so you you can select between like four or five characters they all have the you know their different strengths and weaknesses, and you can upgrade your snowmobile as you go along. And I think there's like different levels of uh, of seasons you can do, like you can do short, me- medium, and long. So it's pretty cool. I always enjoyed it. Um, me and my brother loved this game growing up. It it's like one of those sleeper hits for us that we mm. that we always like to play. Um, but I suggest looking up the the controls because otherwise you'll just be like pressing random buttons in in the air trying to figure out how to do tricks oh you mean how i play ssx got it (laughs) yep Uh, okay but yeah uh yeah i think it's gonna be fun can't wait to see you play it more yeah i'm I'm excited um i am not gonna be as good at it as you know as someone with experience but that's always the fun part sometimes on these retro roulettes um because i'm not really good at tony hawk so anything that requires trick buttons might be fun um for the audience. Um, yeah, so I am excited. Um, as you may have noticed, um, 
our streaming schedule has gotten a little bit busier. Um, just as I've come up with some ideas that I think I can stick to on my end, and then Jen's been doing Wednesday stream um, on it. So just to recap what the schedule is coming up. Uh, tonight, we're going to play probably start about 8 p.m. Uh, playing through The Last of Us um, and trying to get through Pittsburgh, which I think has another hour and a half or so left in it. Um, I'm at the sniper scene, um, uh, you know, um, and then I think we'll meet Sam and Henry and then I think through the tunnels and then we're out. Um, so that should take go to about 930-ish. Uh, I'm going to make a hard out for 930. Um, and then we'll play the retro roulette game at that point. Um, that's going to be what every other Monday is going to be till I'm done The Last of Us or until the TV show's over and then I can move The Last of Us to somewhere else. Um, and then Jen, uh, still like horror games and stuff, I'm assuming, on Wednesday, no set game. Yeah, I mean, the last couple of weeks it's been Dead by Daylight, but it could, um, I'm thinking of doing some Seven Days to Die as well. So yeah, okay. it's just basically horror. Why not? Okay. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, and if, if we figure it out and get some things, maybe I now finally Dead by Daylight. Um, now that my internet is good. Um, so, you know, jump on there. Um, and then Friday is Friday night fight, um, where I'm trying to, well, first trying to beat Mike Tyson's punch out for the first time ever. Um, but also, uh, speed run it a bit. I did some practice today before the recording, um, you know, Friday previous, um, and you've seen what my life has been pressing the quick load buttons, um, on the, as soon as I fuck up something in a fight. Um, so yeah, hopefully I beat, I get a consistent way to beat soda pop, um, in there so that I can, um, you know, uh, get past that part the whole time and get further than I've ever gotten before. So that's on Fridays. Um, I might do practice nights on Saturday and Sunday or one of those days if I can't, you know, to stream practices of it. Um, if I can't find a new game to fill that void, um, I'm trying to find something like Hi-Fi Rush that you know, uh, popped up that we could play. That'll be fun. That'll be interesting. Um, that's not like a rehash or a remake or something like that. I feel like we're going to see Goodbye Volcano High on the podcast uh, stream soon. <laughs> it, dep it depends on how um, forgiving the button pressing is. Um, mm -hmm. Because unless I can figure out what the hell was my displays, um, I would probably buy that on console if it comes out on console um, rather than PC. But if I can figure out the display thing, then maybe I can buy a PC and have it full screen PC and then everything else up on the new second monitor. Um, uh, but we'll see. But yes, that, that, that is one of those games I'm looking to stream. And um, I don't know if it's come out yet, but I've been waiting for Oxenfree 2. Um, if that already did come out, you can let me know and maybe I'll start streaming that. I'll look that up too. Um, but yeah, that's basically what's going to be is I'll probably be going at least two to three times a week. Um, definitely Last of Us and and punch out then maybe finding a third day in there and i know tom's been uh, getting his setup all back together um with a new stream deck and all that so maybe he'll be popping in every so often um um with something but yeah yeah it looks like we're getting a little more consistent schedule in there so come join us um and uh, i got some plans for things uh that might be the second game in certain series that i've played through on stream before um and uh we'll go we'll go from there so thank you guys again and uh yeah it's uh enjoy uh the rest of your week here um and hopefully um we'll see you in chat on the streams tom jen thank you again for joining me 
Of course. We'll see you uh, in a couple weeks. Bye. 